real news. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. Our guest today is a popular English liberal political YouTuber, former UKIP MEP candidate, honorary member of the band from Twitter and now Patreon club, and speaker at Turning Point USA at Penn State's The Censored event on October 23rd, Sargon of Akkad. Thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, I've been, like I said, following you for about like a, I'd say about two years. It was around the election time was when I started um, listening to you. Uh, but from what I understood, you started off as with YouTube kind of as a side thing. I don't know if I have that correct. But how did you go from basically just an average British citizen to this massive political YouTuber now with almost one million subscribers? Uh, I I wish I knew. It just kind of happened. Uh, <laughs> I, I just kept talking about things that bothered me and uh, I don't know, it just, just kind of, I uh, know I, I didn't do anything deliberately. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was all unintentional, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's just been a strange journey. It's been a lot of fun though. Yeah, it has to be. I always ask that question of all of our guests because we've had Mike Cernovich, Milo Yiannopoulos, a few other people on the show. And it's always oh, interesting to see where people have gone from and then where they end up now. Yeah, for for me it wasn't intentional. It was all accidental. But, um, <laughs> I'm happy with how it's all done. Yeah, absolutely. So as we, I've been talking to your assistant Caleb about this, but um, the college Democrats here um, are calling for our chapter to be defunded and shut down for hosting you at our event. And really? I think it's rather interesting that they say in the letter, their statement they put out, they, they basically say, and I'm not even stretching this or exaggerating it, they say, well, we don't want to deter anyone from coming to see Sargon. We don't want to stop them. But we just want to shut down the entire club hosting him. <laughs> oh, how, how, how kind of them. I mean, they could, they could have been saying, shut it down. <laughs> and, and, and of course, it's an event called The Censored, so... There's the added unintentional irony uh, there, but what do you think of all this? Like, what, what, like, what are your thoughts on it? I don't think there's anything such as violent words, um, which was the the description that they put in their little letter. Mm -hmm. um, it strikes me as just childish partisanship. If you want the right to speak anywhere, then surely you've got to extend that right to other people. And if you don't, then you're not very liberal, are you? Now, the United Socialists signed off on that, and the um, National Honor Society for Political Science, which that was the big one for me. That's pretty bad. I thought they were. Hey, I thought they were supposed to be like neutral. Where aren't they? Aren't they supposed to be a neutral uh, club? Yeah, but Sar but Sargon's a Nazi, so it's okay, right? <laughs> According to left wingers, but the the, <laughs> the main issue is that they know that I know what they're about. And yeah. most people don't. They, most of what they achieve and what they do is essentially predicated on stealth. Um, they don't really want people to know just how radical they are. And they are indeed radical. Yeah. Well, with all that said, though, what is your main goal of this speaking event? What do you hope to come out of it? I guess I just want to be able to speak my mind. I think that uh, I think there are probably a few people who want to hear. And I think that you know, since I was invited, I think I should be allowed to speak. I mean, I don't have a criminal record or anything <laughs> like that. So I don't really know, you know, everything they point to is this person has offended me. Mm -hmm. well, good. That was rather the point. 
So, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've never committed a crime, so. But um, <clears throat> kind of shifting gears a little bit, you know, I, I was following you ever since probably 2012, right around when, uh, you know, the big Gamergate thing happened. And you were probably one of the first major YouTubers to really bring it up. I, I know there was a couple others who talked about that. You're the one I think who really sort of started the, the whole thing. Now, did you ever think, you know, Gamergate would take off the way it did? Um, I, you know, back then, I didn't really know the scope of what was going on. And, you know, every, everything was new. And, I mean, it was very exciting, to be honest. Like, looking back at it, everything was very surprising. You never knew what was going to happen the next day. Um, so I didn't really have any long-term thoughts or predictions on it because I was just taking it a day at a time. And I guess I still am, to be honest. Uh, do you think that like Gamergate itself will have lasting uh, political repercussions? Like, and do you think it actually had influence on you know at least in America the 2016 elections, maybe even across the the world? I know there's been a lot of more right wing parties in Europe. I, I don't follow European politics all that much, but uh, do you think any of that sort of was the result of Gamergate? No, I think Gamergate was um, a more localized affair within video gaming. Um, but I, I do I do think that it it um I, I do think it kind of showed people that you really have to stand up to this kind of bullying. Otherwise they're not gonna stop. They're just gonna keep on going. Um so I, I think that's that's definitely the main positive I think that's come out of it. I know, like, I used to be an active user of 4chan stuff and like right around that time I, I noticed there was a lot more yeah, I don't want to say necessarily right wing, but like people who didn't really, who were seeing what the uh, social justice crowd was doing right around the time that Gamergate kind of took off. And yeah, oh, do you think it would be it's something that you know maybe in fifty years you'll start seeing in like textbooks or something as like a footnote or a well, whole... it's already being taught about in universities, and you can imagine what that narrative looks like. Do you very, think... uh, very much uh, the pro. Um, social justice narrative that gets taught about it but that's okay well do you think there will be any um, any other sort of events like that possibly in the future like i know comics and uh, like especially comics there's another youtuber i think who does a lot with that and you know movies in general they have a lot of the mm. same sort of uh, left-wing influence on there yeah there's there's already comics gate going on at the moment um which is it's it's become essentially a a parallel industry um because the comics industry is is in a slow death, and it's not even slow actually, um, because of the introduction of social justice ideology into a realm where nobody wanted it, no one was asking for it. And there's a there's a chap called the Fourth Age, a YouTuber called Fourth Age, who's also a comics writer and involved with it. And he went he went through the um, through the history of the people who were involved, and the one of the main main uh, activists who is is in, engaged in it wasn't involved in comics at all but was deliberately hired by marvel by an sjw at marvel um specifically with the aim of well not doing comics you know doing doing something else um and so this is why all of these comics are essentially dying uh, they you know they end up creating pro-social justice comics and nobody buys them 
so these things get shut down you can see it you can see it happening with the um the adaptations on i, I guess we'd call it tv but you know seri- the serial adaptations like the batwoman one at the moment yeah. it had you know had nearly two million view viewers on the first episode and then it's dropped down to less than a one and a half million and then down to about a million so i mean it's it's tangible how these things don't have the traction that they should because this has had major advertising backing all over the place you know billboards all that sort of thing um but it's just not gaining the interest that they i imagine they would hope it ha- would have and what's interesting is the joker movie which i saw your review of mm. and i thought was very well done that has gained audience acclaim. Yeah, that's going to be a new phrase now. Audience acclaim, but critical acclaim is nowhere to be seen. Critics are trashing it. And I'm not going to lie. I'm still confused why. Why do some critics hate that movie so much? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I, actually, it's, it's, not, it's not as universally panned by the critics as what you might think. Um, True. Because of the uh, honestly staggeringly good quality of the movie. Uh, the storytelling in it is fantastic, and it is a compelling narrative. So it's it's not it, it's kind of hard to actually condemn it in the way that you can tell that the critics would like to do. They they have to give it credit for its technical um, a- achievements, which is really quite surprising considering it was done by a comedy director, yeah, like The Hangover and stuff like this. Yeah. So the fact that he's managed to pull off such an impressive, technically like technically and artistically impressive film, is frankly a shock um but the the reason is that they thought the film was going to have something to do with the phenomenon of incels um for anyone who doesn't know that means involuntary celibate as in virgins people who can't get laid uh why these are the primary <laughs> enemy of the, of the left at this point i don't really know um but i mean i i i there's a lot to unpack there, and uh, you know I, I won't even try uh, oh, yeah. in the time that we've got now. Um, but the, the the film is not about that at all. It's about someone with mental health not getting the help that they need. Yeah. And you would think that the, the sort of left wingers would be more sympathetic to that. That surely that would be you know they're, they're, they're the party of compassion and whatnot. So surely that would have the, the, it would resonate somewhat with them. But uh, no, apparently not. And the the funny thing is. It, they've they've done this before the um it movies for some mm-hmm. reason they were taking pennywise the clown as an ally like an lgbt <laughs> ally or they're gonna add yeah. a c for clowns in it now <laughs> clown world well, yeah, uh, but the thing is like okay hang on, let, let's stop and think about this pennywise is the villain of the piece yeah i mean the, the joke is an anti-hero mm-hmm. so it's not you know the, the joker isn't evil uh, and he, he's certainly not like Heath Ledger's Joker, but Pennywise is obviously actively evil. He's like mm-hmm. a demon or something. But he he mocked someone for being gay in the second one or something. I haven't actually seen it because I'm not really that into it. But um, but this this caused a flood of left wing outlets to write articles saying, "Oh God, Pennywise isn't the ally we thought he'd be." It's like why do why are you identifying with the villains? It's so strange. Well, well they well they connect with Antifa a lot too here. And, like, they're supposed to be, like, Antifa is supposed to be all about anti-fascism. Mm. And you wouldn't think that that would be, like, violence. But they're, like, the most violent club here in this country. <laughs> I, every every now, every time you see, every time you see a, a protest happen, there's usually Antifa blasting someone. Yeah. Uh, chucking milkshakes and all that craziness. Well, yeah. yeah. Sargon's been so, milkshaked here. <laughs> 
I have. <laughs> but to be honest with you, it's always uh, it's always a good thing. Uh, I don't see any problem with being milkshake. To be honest, it's kind of a badge of honor because yeah. what it what it means essentially is that they literally have nothing left to yeah. say. Yeah, they're completely out of arguments, and they know it. And so they resort to violence. Mm. I mean, it's not a particularly harsh form of violence. And let's be honest, if you're going to have violence done to you, better a milkshake than something else. Yeah. Um, but it's it's the end of the road. It's the point where they say, "Look, I, I'm done. I can't argue anymore. You win, I lose." When I saw that, I was like, well, if if they could milkshake me, could they at least milkshake me with a Sonic shake? And like, I don't want to get milkshaked with a McDonald's shake. That's like powder <laughs> and water. At least Sonic, they have ice cream in their stuff, man. Come on. <laughs> at least I could get some flavor out of this thing, right? <laughs> no. Um, so we, we obviously we can't you know, have you on here without at least talking a little bit of British politics. Um, <laughs> I know. Terrific. I'm sorry. I'm sorry in advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boris Johnson. Um, Fabulous. Trying man. to push, trying to, I, 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 they're trying to push a Brexit deal. Uh, what do you think of his plan? And do you, do you see Brexit actually happening? <sighs> well, it's, that's a very good question. And, completely up in the air at the moment the the way the negotiations have been happening is that they've delivered all of the decision making power to the european union which mm. is ironic considering mm. they keep the the so it's it's quite a complex situation so in in britain we we don't elect a president we elect our local mps and then local mps uh, are 650 of them and then the mps form parties uh, or belong to parties, and then a, a party that has enough uh, MPs elected uh, to form a majority uh, to form a majority can form a government, um, and then they can govern the country. Uh, so the Conservatives were in a coalition with a party called the DUP from Northern Ireland, um, and they they together held a majority, and. What the during the course of the Brexit issue, uh, several cons- uh, like something like twenty Conservative MPs defected and became either independent or joined the Liberal Democrat Party, which are effectively the anti-democracy party in my country at the moment. Um, and they're they're trying to overturn the Bre- Brexit referendum. So yeah, uh, so this puts the government in a in a difficult position because. If they want to pass legislation through the parliament, they need to have a majority vote on it. And if they've got a minority and the party and the parliament is split between two distinct lines with no middle ground, it's either remain or leave, um, and the leave faction are in the minority, that means the remain side can pass whatever they want and the the leave side can pass nothing. Um, and so the... The, the parliament has effectively been holding the government hostage by refusing to have a general election because Boris would undoubtedly be able to form a majority if an election was called because two-thirds of the constituencies of the United Kingdom voted to leave and three-quarters of the MPs voted to stay. Um, so the, the parliament doesn't represent the people. They are holding the government hostage. We can't have an election. And so Boris is just getting ground into the dirt. Uh, naturally, this has got the full complicity of the European Union because they benefit entirely. A, they get to make all the decisions in, the, in, in this regard, so they get to weigh everything in their own favour. But we also pay them over a billion pounds a month for the privilege. So, I mean, I honestly, I'm, I'm very, very frustrated with 
uh, Brexit at the moment <laughs> and I, the, the, the situation in, in my country in general. So that's pretty understandable. Yeah. And I noticed that um, I think it was about in May, you finally took actions into your own hands side. Hey, I'm going to run for office. I'm going to mm. step into it. What did you learn from your experience running for office? Um, I learned that there is absolutely no depth that the media won't sink to in order to smear your character. Mm. That's the the primary thing. Wow. They they revel in it. They they were open about that. That's what they were going to do, and they were very happy to do it. And it didn't matter that they were lying, because they're relying on the fact that they've got lawyers who can frame what they're saying in a particular way, so that if you were to take them to court. They would say, well, they're just reporting a rumor or something. Um, or they, you know, someone said that something, and it would require a huge amount of money to sue these people. Um, and so they effectively can get away with it. And I mean, it's, a, it's not a problem for me because I've got, a, I've got a large audience, I've got a lot of reach, so I can, you know, sort of um, swing back at them and defend myself. But the average person in the public just cannot do that. Yeah. And so. You, it, you you realize just every like people should be should, should really think about this like if the media pop up a figure that you've never heard of and essentially tell you nothing but negative things they're effectively encouraging you to hate that person mm -hmm. and creating hate figures in this way you should be very suspect of that because it's like why would a press that should be responsible uh do such a thing that's it's a it's a very unethical thing to do and so people should be weary of that sort of thing it's it's being done to protect status rather than to promote truth well the thing i noticed and kind of goes off on that bit is i saw nigel farage in a clip basically kind of condemn you in a way um yeah. and here's the thing about that i've met nigel he seems like a really nice pleasant guy mm. i personally feel he doesn't i mean tell me correct me if i'm wrong i don't even know if he knew the comments you made in the past, the context of it. I think somebody told him about this or told him what to say. Like, have your opinions of Farage changed or do you know, like, if, like, why he said that? I'm, I'm honestly confused. Yeah, so the, um, the Brexit party is a politically correct party um, and I'm not a politically correct commentator. And so... What? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Do you know who Catherine Blakelock is? No. She she is the the lady who the head of the Brexit party before Nigel Farage. Uh, she stepped down because some journalists went through her Twitter feed and found like oh. a comment she had made about Islam like five years ago, and oh, Nigel Farage succeeded her because he insisted that she step down. Um, it's a politically correct party. They they don't talk about anything but Brexit and. You can't, and if you have talked about things that are not Brexit in the past, then you can potentially see yourself uh, removed from your position. So it's it that, that's essentially what it was, and um, because you know Nigel Farage essentially was like, oh no no, I, I disagree with you. these horrible jokes, mm -hmm. um, because they you know it was a comedy reel that they were objecting to, yeah, and mischaracterizing. In fact, this is what I mean. It's you know it's a, a blooper reel of jokes. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole point, I mean, under it, I'd written, you know, don't take these jokes seriously, BuzzFeed. Uh, but they did anyway, because they can. They can misrepresent people. But ironically, um, 
Nigel Farage found himself doing the same thing with uh, the press. <clears throat> when he had said at a comedy night that he had been hosting, that he would don khaki and resume, uh, you know, return to the front lines and pick up a rifle. And so he was forced to use the defense I was forced to use against him, against the press, as if to prove there is just no point trying to appease the press. They're not, they're not looking to be honest. They have an agenda. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty nuts, especially for someone who claims not be a politician to like right. act so much like a politician and play those politically correct games. But uh, you know, speaking of uh, you know these sort of Twitter things, I, I know that you've been banned from Twitter, Patreon, just ton, tons of these like big tech companies. How do you think that like how's big tech censorship affected you? Uh, luckily, I'm quite flexible. Um, so it hasn't been too much of a problem. Uh, there, there are there are alternatives to the um, to these platforms, and my my audience is willing to use them, so I'm okay. Um, but I imagine that a lot of people aren't in that position, especially if you're a smaller user of social media. You know, um, so if if it happens to you, you could just find yourself with no voice and no recourse. Uh, there's no no way you can. Um, no way you can really appeal it. If they decide, no, that's it, we don't like you, you can go, then you're gone, and that's for life. And that's that's scary. Like, you know, we've had our own bats with uh, censorship, thankfully not on, uh, you know, like YouTube or anything. But we, we had an incident on the radio a few, uh, <laughs> a couple months ago where someone accidentally said something. We were down for several months, but, <laughs> you know, we were able to get back on from that. But... I know you mentioned these alternative tech platforms. You know, do you see them having any major success, or do you feel that like the powers that be, the banks, you know, the various other organizations, are able to um, deal, like, knock them down? Um, many of them have managed to uh, um, make themselves cancel-proof um, because the, when when I when I was Patreon, which was totally unfair because. What I'd done was not on their platform. Uh, it wasn't even on my platform. And what I was doing is insulting Nazis. So it seems rather strange to be punitive about such a thing. But they, it's, it was political. Um, and so I went to a platform called Maker Support. And what was interesting is that Stripe decided they would pull their payment processing ability from that platform purely because I had begun using it, which really made the whole thing looked like cartel behavior. Um, it's it, it's definitely something that people are going to have to deal with at some point in the future, but there are alternatives that are not based in Silicon Valley and so are not beholden to uh, the, the sort of nature of their political activism, because that's what this is. Do you, what, what are some of your... Uh, do you have any examples of those? Yeah, I use Subscribestar as a replacement for Patreon now. It's very good. It's a very good platform. Um, works just fine. Um, I use Telegram instead of Twitter, which is just fine again. Um, it's actually, it's, I actually find it more convenient, and it's a lot less toxic mm. than Twitter. So that's, I think tw Twitter is <laughs> is very good at bringing out the worst in absolutely <laughs> everyone, and I think Jack Dorsey is aware of this as well, but there's very little he can do because if he changes the fundamental nature of the platform, then nobody's going to use it and people are going to complain. But I think it is genuinely doing damage to the political discourse. I think it's actually damaging the journalistic class. I think because they, they all follow each other on Twitter. 
pass around mm-hmm. the same information. And I think it's turning them into, I don't know, just a kind of weird, isolated cult in many ways. I wanted to ask because, like, I know a lot. A lot of these, like, like big tech companies, they they're more for profit more than anything, and yes. like, um, and so with that said, like, they're they're try. I guess, like, I know with Twitter and you know a lot of these, they want to do business more abroad, with like you know China and Europe. What, what do you think? Uh, who do you think, or what side of the globe do you think has more of an impact on what they're doing like with does europe because europe has the you know they have their eu regulations and they're kind of like really uh they're they're a little bit more strict but china obviously they have their you know the the people and so they the the european union is currently trying to flex its muscles silicon valley Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you can tell that silicon valley is not happy about this at all um Mm -hmm. They actively campaigned against Article 13, but the thing with the European Union is if if it's in their interest, they'll just do it. You, you don't get much of a choice. Um, so there, there wasn't too much to be uh, surprised about in that regard. Um, but you can see that China is emerging as a, as a primary market for many, many, many different corporations because it's huge. I mean, there are literally billions of people there. So companies are looking at that and thinking well this is a giant amount of profit that we can make and it is they just have to bow down before the chinese government and the chinese government is essentially a fascist state um they're very ethno-nationalist they Mm -hmm. they believe that all chinese people should be under their control uh they are actively operating uh, gulags in which they re-educate people and essentially indoctrinate them to become chinese it's a form ethnic cleansing um and these are brutal some some of the survivors and escapees of these are, are very you know very horrible stories um they're obviously going to be this they're actively suppressing the hong kong protests some of those activists are turning up dead um they are generally what one would consider to they're a command economy as well, so they're actively organizing their economy and setting up trade routes all across the east um, in order to essentially circumvent western um, pro-western areas like India uh, and essentially colonizing Africa. Uh, and I think that there's, there's, a, there's a good argument to be made that they're essentially trying to reestablish their position in the world um, after experiencing what they call the century of humiliation. Which I mean, you can hardly, you can't blame them, but what they're doing is by foul means because they've got a huge labor pool of citizens that they keep com- uh, obedient by using a social credit system, um, which is terrifying. Uh, if you fall below a certain uh, rank in this social credit system, uh, you can't fly, you can't take yep. trains, you can't travel, so you're effectively trapped. Uh, you're bound to have problems getting work as well. Um, and this affects your friends too. So people around you will it, it be affected if you do something that the Chinese government like. It is honestly dystopian. Um, and the NBA and all of these other uh, Google are currently creating software for them that will help them do this more effectively. It's is awful. And the West is totally complicit in this because all of these companies are making money. Yeah. 
Yeah, do you think that we could have anything like that in the West in the next, you know, near like next 10, 20 years, like a social credit system come over here? I would be surprised if we didn't, to be honest. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's it's a it's convenient for the powers that be. That's the problem. So on the topic of just, uh, you know, traveling foreign lands, um, so on the brighter side of it, this is uh, more focused on the U.S. My question to you would be, what do you like about the U.S. that you wish the U.K. had? And what do you like about the U.K. that you wish the U.S. had? Hmm. Um, I, I like I like the fact that you have a First Amendment, and I wish mm. that we had something similar, because we, we have thousands of people a year arrested um, prosecuted for so uh, posts on social media, so that's that's a bit concerning to me, and I would rather it didn't happen. Um, so that's definitely something that I wish uh, the U the UK had. Um, so what do I wish that the US had that the UK has? Tea, probably. <laughs> well, we have it's tea. It's just like getting a nice cup of tea over here. <laughs> we have tea, but it might not be the best. It might not be as good as you yeah. guys. Yeah, you don't have a culture of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. we're co yeah. coffee culture mostly. Yeah, yeah I know it's all yeah. Starbucks <laughs> owns us. Yeah. yeah. I think the Boston Tea Party thing a few years ago. Wow, yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> um, last question I have for you, because this might be a hard one to answer, but again, I've seen lots of your videos. I love all your content, but out of every video you've ever made, what is the video that you'd say you're most proud of making that just really resonated with you? Oh, my Starship Troopers one. Wow. I, I worked really, really hard on that one because uh, I, I was very, very tired of people saying, oh, God, this is a fascist movie. It's like, no, this is a Republican movie. Mm -hmm. you know, if, like, it's, it's like a kind of um, advanced version of the American Republic that's there. They're, you know, they all swear allegiance to a, a constitution, to uphold a constitution in the, uh, in the story. And uh, Heinlein was a, a radical libertarian by the end of his life. And that's essentially what he was trying to lay out. It's like, look, the, the state should have virtually no input on your life. And the people who end up uh, manning it, essentially, um, should be dedicated to their job. They, uh, they, they should be a lot less interested in corruption and filling their, their own pockets and more about service. Um, I, I felt it, I, it was very nice to be able to give a defense of that and point out that fascism is actually the complete opposite of what Heinlein was proposing, uh, which was like an extremely limited government. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it was a real pleasure, that video. Well, interesting. interestingly enough, we have a guy that's going to be at our event on Wednesday that wants to get his Starship Troopers uh, copy signed by you because he's big fan of yours so <laughs> so obviously it's had not an impact on you but other people as well good i'm, I'm really glad because it, it it was a lot of work to do but i i really am proud of it that's great awesome so last last thing i'm gonna say uh where can people find you since i know you've been banned from everything there's any platform left that people can find you on it's the best way to reach you and stay up to date oh, yeah, on I'm everything gonna... I'm I'm still on YouTube. I've still got my Saga of Acad channel. I've got Thinkery. And I've started a new channel called Acad Daily, where I just put up short videos about things that are happening that I want to talk about. Um, you can follow me on Telegram, which you can just find by Googling Saga of Acad Telegram, or on Facebook, which is just Saga of Acad, uh, you know, blog page on Facebook. It's got like 100,000 followers or something. So um, they're the best places. Yeah, I love your Telegram channel. That's great. 
thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it and can't wait to see you on Wednesday. It's going to be a crazy awesome event. There's going to be protests and all <laughs> kinds of fun stuff and plans uh, for that event. So thank you again for taking time to come on. We really appreciate it. You've been nothing but um, wonderful to have on. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Yep. Take these guys. Yep. Yeah, take care. Have a nice Bye. night. Our guest today is a young conservative YouTuber, honorary member of the band from Twitter Club, and speaker at Turning Point USA at Penn State's The Censored event uh, with Sar um, Sargon of Akkad on October 23rd. Hunter Avalone, thank you for joining us. No problem. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, thank you for coming on. Before we begin, um, I want to clarify and ask a very important question. Before that, I just want to know uh, what your pronouns are, uh, because it's 2019 and I want to be inclusive with everyone. So uh, could you begin telling me your pronouns? Yes, sure. It's your majesty. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually said that in a class once uh, when the professor asked it and he just didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's the best one you can use. He's very caught off guard. Yeah, he just sort of like went. Ooh. You can't. You can't just. You can't just get asked that question and not think of something totally silly. Well, yeah. I, you know, it is. It is true because the the people that actually like prefer different pronouns are such a minority that to apply the idea of asking everyone their pronouns before you meet them, <laughs> it's just begging for memes. <laughs> yeah, and we deliver them. That's for sure. Um, Definitely. So. You're probably, I'd say, one of the youngest conservative stars on YouTube. And I'm just curious, I ask this question with all of our guests, guests on the show. How did you get to where you are today? Well, what do you mean? Do you mean as far as my political beliefs or do you mean just having the size of a YouTube channel that I do? Mm, I'd actually say both, to be honest, with you, because I think both can be interesting. Okay, yeah. I mean, well, you know, most of my uh, conservative beliefs like i don't know how much you know about me i i've talked a little bit about this on streams and on my channel before but i was homeschooled and i grew up in a very like conservative christian environment um so growing up i was always i was kind of set up to be a republican um but then obviously as i've gotten older you know i have my own opinions on things um one thing that I, I pride myself on and this is also something that gets me a lot of controversy with both the left and the right is I don't stick to party lines. So just if it's common for Republicans to hold one view, I'm not going to hold that view just because Republicans also hold that view, mm. if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. So I definitely started from a place of like very standard, almost like a boomer conservative Republican sort of thing, mostly because uh, I had a lot of political influence from my grandparents, which I love them to death. And they do honestly... I have them to thank for setting me up to be so passionate about politics, but they definitely have some uh, opinions now that I look at it. I'm like, yeah, no way. I'm not agreeing with you on that. <laughs> um, so that's kind of how my politics developed. Just I was in a good environment. And like I said, as I've gotten older, I've kind of began forming my own opinions. I, I'm not too concerned anymore of like, do my opinions reflect conservative opinions or liberal? Opi like, yeah, I, I just I, these are my opinions and I'm going to share them kind of thing. Um, and as far as like actually gaining followers on YouTube, it's funny cause I'm, I'm not entirely sure what I did, but I think it was a combination between, yeah, I am one of the youngest conservative channels on YouTube. Um, I'm also one of the biggest now, which I'm very, you know, got to pat myself on the back for that one. Of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it was, a, it was a slow growth. I've been on the platform for a while. 
And I've experimented with a lot of content until I found the po political avenue, which was by far the thing I was most passionate about. And so I think that's another reason that that my uh, subscriber count really blew up so quick, as well as the fact that I was posting content at a really good time. I began posting right when the whole anti-feminist, anti-SJW wave was just massive on YouTube. Right. That's interesting you say that because when I, we've had Mike Cernovich on the show. We've had Milo Yiannopoulos. We've had Six Hexenhammer. And when we ask them that question of like, how did you get to where you are today? Many of them like give this like, you know, big answer of like, well, I was following my passion or I, you know, fight for the little guy. They all come up with these reasons, but both Sargon and you have said, I don't know how it happened. I just complained about something basically, you know, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for the time that somebody tells me, well, I was, I was in the fields of India and I was learn. I I spent myself in quiet solace for five years before I finally really discovered myself. I'm waiting for a story like that, like some grand, like weird, yeah. like borderline weird question. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever get it, but it'd be. I don't know. Yeah, well, unless we had the Beatles on, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But <laughs> since you've been banned from Twitter and temporarily suspended from YouTube, um. You know, we're going to have this event on big tech censorship here on campus, but it's rather ironic that this event called The Censored is now getting censored effectively because the college Dems have called for our chapter to be defunded and shut down for our event. What do you think of all that? Well, I'm just curious where this is happening. I did read a few of the articles, that, especially the ones, you know, dissing me. Um, and... I didn't really see any that were calling for the college Republicans to be defunded or anything. They were, it's a statement the college Dems made on their Twitter where they literally okay. say, and I, I'm not even stretching this one or twisting it or anything. They say, we don't want to prevent anyone from coming to the event, but we do want to ask the university to defund and shut down the Turning Point chapter that's hosting this event. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, I think that there's some important distinctions to make there. I don't think that, I don't think that protests are the same as censor is the same as censorship. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, I do think that just if something is protested, like I'm sure our event will be protested. I don't think that's necessarily proof of censorship. Uh, censorship, in my mind, would be if the college stepped in and shut down the event. Yeah. So. It, you know, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I know that uh, we're, we're, we should probably be expecting protesters, though. Am I correct? Yes. I, th I don't know if I sent you the one thing. There's a graphic they create that they're going to have a, quote, teaching on Old Main, which is like our main old-looking building here that symbolizes college. I guess they're going to explain mm -hmm. what you guys are, call you guys Nazis and how hateful you are and all that other uh, nonsense. And then they're going to mm -hmm. walk all the way to the venue and I guess they're going to stand out there and shout you like, you know, no Hunter, no KKK, no Fascist USA, stuff like that. And they might come and then in. Do I, will I get a chance to interview them? Because I have never really been protested before. Well, <laughs> I, that's not necessarily true. But <laughs> I would just love to upload some content where I am talking to protesters. Absolutely. I love that, too. I've emailed the contact we have in the administration that's helping us handle this event she hasn't replied to okay. me yet but i'm gonna see if it's allowed because deals with like campus security and all that other stuff but i'm really right. gonna try and make that happen to be cool 
Yeah, so I might say some. I'll be. I'm gonna warn you guys. I might have to be saying some things that you guys might not entirely agree with, though. That's perfectly fine. That's what our club's all about. We're about freedom of speech, okay. bringing different viewpoints. And if people don't like it, tough luck, buttercups, as we say. <laughs> so they can go join the protesters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you do give your speech and engage with these protesters and do whatever you want to do at this thing, what's your main goal of this event? Well, this main, uh, my, I, there's a lot of goals that I have when I go to a live event like this. I mean, for one, the m more literal goal, and I'm not going to lie, like some, a lot of people won't say this, but everyone's thinking it is there is certainly an element of publicity. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I look, I'm excited to go just because I want to get a chance to see protesters. And I also want to get a chance to talk to like-minded conservatives as well. Um, the other message I hope to convey is just, my speech is going to be about the nuances of censorship and how um, oftentimes I, I'm basically going to break down where censorship is happening and where it isn't, even though a lot of the time people uh, say like make sweeping generalizations that big tech is just blindly censoring conservatives when to be completely honest, I don't think that's the case. However, I do still think there's such thing as big tech censorship. And I think that I just think we need to examine where the censorship is happening and where it isn't. And I do think there's a problem with a lot of conservatives playing victim and sort of attributing any difficulty they may experience with the fact that they're conservative. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Do you have so any... that's, you know, those are kind of the that's kind of the general uh, gist of what I'm going to be speaking on. So like I said, I know it will probably receive some mixed reviews um, <laughs> just just because, you know, it is kind of taking a different take on things. But. I also think that it'll it'll be really a really good experience. I totally agree. So, Mr. Hunter, as, as someone as someone who's now a father, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Um, uh, how do you feel? And I know you've covered. I, I know. I think you might have covered this in one, one of your other videos too. But we're we're, we're trying to kind of hit our audience here. Uh, how do you feel personally now that you are a father about abortion and or about like pro choice? What 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 do you think what 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 what's your like opinion well i mean i've been staunchly pro life uh mm -hmm. pretty much since day 1 and with having a kid that's only um further solidified my views in the uh in my pro life ideals um also i mean i'll let you guys in on a little secret we're actually already Ooh. expecting our second baby too so wow um, congratulations yes. congratulations in an order too all Ooh. right thanks yeah thank you, thank you yeah no we're both very excited and honestly experiencing um being a dad and just experiencing having a little baby rose has brought so much joy to me and carissa um you know he, honestly I, I think that it, it really has just further solidified my views in how heinous abortion is um, and I just, I think that, yeah, I, <laughs> that's probably the best answer I can give you. I'm trying to think of how I could extend my answer, but I think that's probably the best response I can give you. No, it's just, no. it's just solidified how heinous I, I think abortion is. Wow. And, and then another, th another thing, um, how like, like be now being a father with, you know, another child on the way, how do you, do you find any difficulty 
like with what you did, like you, what you do, you're, you're on YouTube, you're speaking your mind, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're tackling issues. Ha- have you found it to be, um, have you found it to be difficult at all? Like, is there any like protesting or any resistance? Is there like any feelings of in, maybe it maybe endangerment to your child or your, you know, or, or the mother of your children or like, right, right, right. No, I, I understand. That's, that's a totally reasonable question. Mm. Um, to be completely honest, it hasn't been so bad. I have kept uh, Rose kind of like the, the way that I've, um, I mean, obviously, like the public knows that I have a kid. Um, it, you know, there's pictures of her online that I've posted on my Instagram or whatnot. But I, I am very careful with how often I'm bringing Rose on camera. And especially as she gets older, um, I'm probably going to be keeping her off of camera more and more. Um, so as so far, there really hasn't been too much. The, the closest thing that's happened is uh, this vegan channel um, started oh like shitting on me. And they like photoshopped pictures of my kid with like as a different baby or something that I, I honestly found very disrespectful. Like they they were it was pretty much like they were dragging my kid into an argument between two adults on like veganism. It was completely inappropriate. So that's probably the closest thing to uh, to what you were referring to that I've experienced. Um, I don't really fear for you know, Rose's life or uh, Carissa's life or anything like that. Um, But I also am pretty careful with how, you know, how often I bring Rose into the public eye. Yeah, so I guess on a sort of a less darker topic, um, this is uh, based on uh, queer kids. So recently I saw your video exposing uh, queer kids. Um, How reflective Mm -hmm. of the current left is like Lindsay Ammer slash queer kids itself or other people like that? As you say, your majesty. Well, there's no way to know. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) thank you. Um, There's no way. There's no way to know exactly for how reflective that is as far like on the left as a whole. However, there is certainly an agenda within the left that is pushing to normalize. Um, I wouldn't say I think it's a little a bit of a, a hyperbolic response to, to say that like the left is fully embracing pedophilia or something. I think that's a little bit extreme, to be completely honest. And I think that it also mm-hmm. um is just so radical sounding that it kind of knocks out any potential of having a decent discussion. I think what is very reflective of the left, however, is the concept of trying to normalize a child's sexuality. And I think that part of what makes childhood so significant and so innocent is the fact that that's kind of a time in your life where your sexuality hasn't developed, and that's a good thing. It's good that you can go outside and you can play with boys and girls and you're not you're like you're not thinking about things the way that adults think about things you know what i mean so i do think that it's a little bit reflective of the left as far as how queer kid stuff is coming out with these series trying to introduce very young children she admits that her show is directed at kids as young as three years old she's creating this content that's designed for children that young and that she's being propped up by liberal media, like the Huffington Post, for example, has shared her content repeatedly, as well as USA Today. And I think I think the New York Times or Washington Post may have as well. However, I would have to double check that. So, you know, there's no way of really knowing how indicative it is the entire left. However, there's definitely a subset of the left that does work to normalize the idea of like a child's sexuality, which I think is just 
should be off limits and that should be that should be developing naturally rather than a lot of the times queer kid stuff feels like they're almost trying to force this lgbt sort of gay sexuality uh agenda onto impressionable kids i couldn't agree more and speaking of development, there's not only that sort of development, but as we discussed at the beginning of this interview, your political development, your personal belief development, philosophical development. And mm -hmm. as an atheist myself, I learned to my surprise that you are an atheist too. Um, and you made like a Facebook post about it in about, I think, 2017. And I was curious because mm -hmm. I definitely have experiences with this, but what was it like? You know, or what is it like now being an atheist in the conservative movement? And what was it like transitioning from the Christian household you grew up in into atheism? Right. Well, you know, no shame on being for being an atheist. I I definitely would have myself at the time when I made that post. I consider myself an atheist. However, I honestly, I was gonna, I'm gonna be making a video soon, kind of discussing like my further changes with things. But I think I may have moved back towards the direction of being more agnostic. Just because after having a kid, as funny as it sounds, uh, my perspective on things and on like the existence of God has changed a bit. But being more of an agnostic or atheist, I feel like your question could apply the same for as far as being in conservative spheres, especially because it's very conservative to be like Christian, right? Yeah, Christian exactly. It's kind of the main thing. Uh, I found that for the most part, actually, I, I received pretty decent feedback from fans and for people who previously weren't fans it was actually kind of interesting because some of the more like skeptic community i hate calling them the skeptic <laughs> community, but i'm sure you know what who i'm talking yeah, about like with, yeah as far as youtube um the more like atheist skeptic sort of liberal but still anti-feminist side of youtube um was also actually really supportive which was cool because a lot of people on that side of things usually didn't like me very much or they publicly like crapped on me um, so it was kind of cool to see people that usually didn't like me sort of, um, showing their support as far as with my fans, I think, you know, it was pretty positive message. A lot of people actually said they could relate. I did a whole video where I talked about like my sort of falling out with faith and everything. Um, and I think part of that is because faith Christianity is depicted very emotion based, uh, conservatives are all about like facts over feelings, but when you start religion it's one of the, the the few subjects that conservatives are really emotionally invested in and the mm -hmm. arguments for creationism or even for christianity are not very good so what really came out is i was just i wanted more compelling proof of the existence of god or at least that like christianity had more validity to it and i felt that often times the christian conservative circle sort of use similar like circular logic that a lot of feminists would use. So like, if I was like, how do you know God is real? They'd be like, oh, well, the Bible says so. But to me, that was no different than asking a feminist why the wage gap is real and then her saying feminist.com. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of circular logic. So that was yeah. a lot of the flaws that I had with uh, Christianity. And this was sort of, sort of came from, I'm basically summarizing what I detailed in that video. So if you want yeah, to check sure. it out, you know, it's in 2017 as well. But um, that yeah, I mean, overall, the, the conservative circle it, it wasn't wasn't too bad. I honestly received much more uh, viciousness from like the conservative and even like far right alt right side of things um, when I came out in like support of gay marriage. That yeah. didn't go over too well with conservatives. What, um, what year did you say? But that's that? still a position I'll defend. What, what year did you come out support? That? What year did you come out in support of gay marriage? I'm curious. 
The thing is, is I've been, it's kind of a bad thing because I know being like a transphobe, the guy that hates trans people and has made like the video truth about transgenders and everything. And I get that that's like, that was my, that's controversy in my past. That's always going to come up, especially when like the events like this are being protested. I was mm -hmm. actually just reading one of the articles yeah. talking about my speech at uh, Penn State and it was bringing up that same video, which is honestly, it's actually long been a deleted video now, but it's still being brought up constantly. Um, I've kind of always been pro LGBT in the sense that like, I think that America is about people being able to pursue like the pursuit of happiness. And if you're someone who struggles with gender dysphoria and you want to receive a sex change operation to alleviate that psychological distress, that's within your rights. And I think that's that like, that should be respected in the sense of like, no, we're not going to go out and be complete assholes to these people. Right. Um, but I think that a lot of my views, especially starting out on LGBT stuff, weren't quite as fleshed out as I thought they were. I think that I, I mean, the truth about transgenders video I've made, for example, I was 19 and I had like 5,000 subs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, pretty big difference compared to like where I was when I made that video compared to where I am now. And there are certainly still elements of even some of my most controversial videos that I still agree with but i also disagree with some of the delivery of my my old content as far as the like vocal pro gay marriage that wasn't all that long ago i had a twitter which of course got suspended because all my twitter accounts get suspended eventually <laughs> um but basically i said that it's conservative to be pro gay marriage because you're trying to conserve uh, you're trying to uh preserve people's pursuit of happiness free of government intervention so people yeah. my my argument is people should be allowed to be gay in this country so long as it's legal and it's consensual, like legal age. Mm -hmm. So that didn't go over too well with more alt-right gang. Uh, Nick Fuentes and all of his mm. goons. Um, I'm not a fan of him to at start, all. Like dogpiling me on Twitter, but it was no big deal. It wasn't anything that I couldn't handle. It's just kind of funny. Yeah, we've dealt yeah, with I... the alt-right. They're, they're not fun, to say the least. Uh, no, they're not. And the thing is, is a lot of the alt-right is just as bad as the SJWs and they think that they're like superior to the left but they're pretty much just as insufferable they're the type of people that like you come out and you're like hey guys uh I'm pro-life and I'm I support Trump but I don't think that like black people are genetically inferior to white people and they're like oh my god I'm unsubscribing yeah like, <laughs> that's the kind of people that the alt-right are horseshoe theory yeah. is real <laughs> I agree with you. I like I agree with you on the uh like the gay marriage thing. Uh I I support it. And, uh, like I I'm like okay, well the, these gay people deserve just as much of a right as everybody else to be legally screwed in this country. Well, the uh, thing is no. that, <laughs> That's a bad joke. Is like, <laughs> there's separation of church and state, right? So yeah. a lot of the times uh conservative Christians are like, well, the government shouldn't be giving marriage licenses because marriage is a union between man and woman as said by God. But if you're going to go off any religious basis, then it can't be regulated by the government if you're for separation of church and state. So if the government is currently providing marriage licenses, the government should be providing marriage licenses to gay people as well. That's my take on this. Yeah, that's pretty fair. I'll go back to religion, I guess, because uh, because this is kind of a good thing. I always felt like, I always felt like the Bible, because I grew up, 
I grew up in a religious household. Uh, my my foster parents were Mennonites, so they beat a lot of the Bible into me. The uh, um, I always felt like now now that I've kind of become like an atheist or whatever, I kind of believe that the Bible is more like a um, like a par- like a storytelling. You know, like, like it's not so much that like God is real or whatever, but it's like one of those things where they teach you like, Hey, be a good person. Don't steal, don't kill all that stuff. Um, It's also very cultural. Like Christianity is very just, it's, it's very ingrained with like our Western values and Mm -hmm. people like, even like atheists can't deny that christian val uh like christianity definitely holds some weight on western val- values mm-hmm. um would you agree with that i would oh, i i do yeah yeah i totally yeah. agree with that um like there's definitely a place for christianity and the like just religion uh christianity is at least to be appreciated as far as like the molding of western culture okay and then another, another add to it um so, so you've, you've, you're, you're like internet famous at uh, what, what's the worst, uh, what's the worst kind of backlash that you've gotten? Like personally, like mm. having this, having this big career and being, being as successful as you are. What's the biggest backlash? It probably was the, just because of two different reasons. One it was an insane it was an insane amount of backlash and two i was so small at the time mm. um i mean it was really crazy I-, I would wake up in the morning and just google my name and there'd be like new articles being written about me wow um and for a guy that i think i only had like 7000 subs at the time um like that's crazy you know to 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 post a video i remember the video only got 16000 views in 2 weeks so mm. It wasn't it wasn't really getting like a ton of traction. It wasn't causing a bunch of controversy. And then all of a sudden one LGBT article dissed on it. And then from there it just picked up and became a huge thing. Yeah. And that's what that's also what sort of set me up as and as it, it kind of worked out for the best because you'll notice that a lot of these YouTubers, they talk a tough game, but they can't really take the heat or the hate when like push comes to shove. But and that's usually because they're sort of coddled. They're used to being on YouTube, being very loved and well-received. So the minute they get in controversy, they don't know where, what to do with themselves. But for me, since I began my career with controversy, and that's pretty much what made me... Like, I became famous for being a guy that, like, a lot of people hated. <laughs> that's why that it's your tagline. Sort of right. Like, that sort of set me up to be much stronger and have a thicker skin online. And that's why... That's another reason why I think backlash also seems a lot, uh, a lot smaller to me than it than it used to is because I just don't notice it as much. I mean, I'll read an article shitting on me, or I'll see a post making fun of me, or even watch a video like responding to me, and I'll laugh and you know look it over or whatever. I I like my name being mentioned. Don't get me wrong, it keeps <laughs> me relevant, but it's not anything that I'm gonna lose sleep over. Usually, I forget about hate and everything minutes after seeing it because i have other things to worry about <laughs> and then i think there comes a stage i'm i feel like i'm getting this now on this campus where you learn to or you grow to almost embrace it in a way and just be like mm-hmm. i love it i get off on it it's great <laughs> you know it's right, weird you realize you get right because you like the thing is 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 if i wasn't getting protested 
I feel like I'd be doing something wrong. Exactly. Exactly. That's because what you, I always feel. You need enemies. That's the thing is the most successful people also have a pretty, like, of course, you don't want to make enemies with everyone. I think yeah. that's one of the things that killed Milo's career uh, is he literally made enemies with everyone. But it's okay to have a healthy amount of enemies and a healthy amount of haters. And in a way, they I feel like haters do keep me motivated because then anytime I succeed, it's all the more sweeter. It's all the sweeter. Well, uh, speaking of infighting among like the right wing movement, um, as you're bringing up religion and all that kind of stuff, uh, um, uh, what are your thoughts about uh, fake conservatives, especially what do you think about women like Lauren Southern and the video where you talk about Ashley St. Clair, who pretend mm -hmm. uh, to be trad, uh, but really aren't? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, just out of curiosity, you said um, Lauren Southern. Mm. Why do you yeah. why do you consider her a fake conservative? I'm not saying I agree or. Well, we've. There was an article, uh, we talked to Milo about this when he was on, that, and this is, of course, alleged, I gotta make that super clear, but when she quit politics, a lot of stuff came out, it was in his article and a bunch of other people were talking about it, where mm -hmm. it, it sounds like she was basically, uh, I guess you call it ghostwriting, where she was sleeping with reporters to get them to write her speeches mm -hmm. and write her stuff. And the way I look at it is if you're so trad, if you're so, you know, preaching these conservative values about the woman should be this, you know, housewife, should be loyal, all these things. And then she goes around, and does this. And then she was out there kind of hoeing around. Basically, yeah. So, I mean, why, mm. like, this is a thing I've noticed multiple times. I actually know people personally that have done stuff like this. So it's like... What do you think, though, of these Ashley St. Clair types or these fake trads? And what do you think of, like, the allegations against Lauren Southern? Well, I'd have to do more research into them myself. All that I'd heard, I kind of had heard, like, a crude version of what you told me um, yeah. about her sort of sleeping around. Um, I would have to do more research on Lauren Southern. But as far as Ashley St. Clair and, and and these sort of this sort of problem with these fake conservatives that preach one thing but do a complete opposite um i think it's a little bit because so conservatives and liberals both have an issue but it's like the opposite issue and that's why we see the opposite problem and mm. i'm going to explain what i'm what i'm getting at here <laughs> so the left for example it, they're like annoying wimpy little gatekeepers right so if you, they're like political puritans if you have even one opinion that's wrong then they're like oh you're not a real liberal you're like that's sort of what the left's issue is right yeah but i think that the conservatives have the opposite issue where they're almost i don't want to say too accepting because we should be accepting of everyone and like obviously we want to we want the conservative movement to be welcome to people with all mind uh you know points of views in hopes of changing their minds eventually but i think that conservatives are sometimes a little too quick to embrace people who just because they um spout conservative rhetoric or say something that the conservative movement agrees with so like ashley st Clair is like oh yeah trump is good and libtards stupid and cucks lol mm. and then she's getting like shit ton of followers but no one stops to think like is this girl genuine Does mm -hmm. she, is she really against the leftist agenda or is she just profiting off of conservatism yeah no that's a good point to bring up and i'm gonna be bluntly honest with you i think it comes from a lot of um, conservatives know we have a lack of women, a lack of minorities 
as our central figure. So when we get one, we're like, oh, my God, we have one finally. And we prop them up. And if they're hot, oh, my God, they're going to get a million followers overnight. And look, Lauren Southern, she's hot. Ashley St. Clair, she's hot. So a bunch of guys are going to easily just jump on that train. And And conservative men especially, like... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, brothers, but sometimes like <laughs> us guys just like we need to care. Like there's more to someone than their looks. Yeah. And if you're following it, listen, if someone's going to hit the follow button on Twitter or Instagram and it's because they're like, yeah, this girl's hot and she posts like provocative photos of herself. That's one thing. But if you're following her as like this conservative girl that you're like, oh, she's conservative like me. Yeah. But then you don't care. Like you don't want to just believe believe that she's conservative because she's hot right yeah (laughs) like it's a very shallow sort of way to look at it and i think that you're right that is a very blunt and bold take but the thing is i think that you're completely right in the sense that conservatives are a little bit too eager to embrace any woman any minority anyone that sort of props up that conservative uh agenda without fully vetting the person yeah and another example i mean this is slightly different but I was talking to people about this last night that these people on the right that love Tulsi Gabbard, I'm like, Mm -hmm. guys, she supports UBI, Medicare for all. She's a far lefty. And they're like, oh, but she's anti-war. I'm like, is that really, you know, Trump all all these things or do you just like her because she's hot? Like, let's be real. I mean. Right. Right, right, right. No, I'm sorry. I think that Tulsi Tulsi Gabbard is definitely better than a lot of the Democrats. Absolutely. Absolutely. She definitely is like, she she seems more level-headed, and I really appreciate roast of Hillary. Yes, that was beautiful. Um, And I appreciate what she's doing, too. It's just when I see this whole jumping on the Tulsi wagon, I'm like, guys, hold on. Like, look at everything that's going on here. Look at all her policies. She's good on stuff. Praise her for it. She's bad on stuff. You know, let's go after her for that. Right, right, right. I, I saw, I saw someone call her a pilf, oh, and what? like, uh, yeah, I was like, wow, that's that's interesting. Uh, but, but then again, I've never heard that one. <laughs> the, yeah, well, like, I mean, there's look, there's a lot of creepers out there. I look, there's a reason why porn is a multi-billion-dollar industry. <laughs> yes porn is degenerate too yes mm-hmm. that was a good instagram yeah. post uh, i saw that on yours <laughs> that may have been uh, one of my most commented instagram posts actually really? <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah uh i i've seen not uh, uh, like going going uh changing gears um i've seen some of your videos like uh, are the some of the banter that's going back and forth with like you and vegan gains uh mm. what do you think what do you why do you think people become vegans uh Mm. and and what what do you think of like the i don't know like the intersectionality of veganism because there seems to be a little of that right 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 right. well my main i mean the the thing that vegan for was actually it's funny because vegan gains was coming after me because i was only criticizing like liberalism mixing with veganism and he was like but you're ignoring all the arguments of veganism but yeah, I mean, you know, he's kind of stupid, so he didn't really get my point. But what I was tra- what I was really genuinely getting at was my criticism is not of veganism. I really don't yeah. have a problem with veganism. Yeah. Uh, my fiance is actually considered going vegan before, and I've even considered going vegan myself before, just because I recognize that one, the food that I eat doesn't generally make me feel very good, and two, I recognize that like animals are suffering the factories yeah. and, and so forth. They, they do not treat animals 
uh, properly. And I think that this is pretty much objectively true. The issue that I have, however, is kind of like what you said, is the intersectionality element of veganism. It's like, oh, well, you have to vote for Hillary. You have to hate Donald Trump, anti-racism, and you're a vegan. Like, veganism is a diet. It's, a, it's, a, it's something related to health. It's not a political statement. I feel like veganism is no more a political statement than like being fat is a political statement, right? Yeah. Because the fat acceptance movement tries to make it seem like being fat is a political statement when it's not. And neither is being vegan. Mm. It's a way of life, as they say. And exactly. I think it's interesting, too, because Tyreer's sister is a vegan. And one thing that she knows, this kind of gave us a sort of uh, aha moment. When Tyreer eats meat in front of her sister, her sister's mood just like changes. And it's very mm. interesting. I think a lot of these vegans, this is my theory, so probably may or may not be right, but. I think the reason they become militant vegans, angry vegans, nasty, bitter, mean online is because mm -hmm. they're craving meat and they're not getting any and they're not getting those nutrients, those, you know, everything that your body needs. It really just comes from meat. I think that's where it comes from. Could be totally wrong. Could just be the type of person they are. But I think that's where a large chunk of it comes from. I couldn't uh, really, I couldn't really tell you if you were wrong or right, just because veganism is something that I haven't really researched. Mm. mostly because i don't really care at the end of the day like if someone doesn't want to eat meat yeah who gives a shit yeah um but i do know that just from what i've heard other vegans say i guess i know that they have like supplements for the nutrients that you need from meat yes um how that affects people's mood or whatnot i honestly it's, it's a fine it's not a bad theory to have but i could not tell you if you were right or wrong just because i haven't done any research into it yeah it's understandable uh, uh, I I have like I I kind of have a uh, a story with the ve the whole veganism thing. Oh I boy. went so I went out with it. I went out with this chick, and so I took her. I took her out, and it was like one of those really nice steakhouses. Mm -hmm. And like so, we took we got out of my car, got into the got into the restaurant, ordered food, and then so obviously I'm gonna order a steak at a steakhouse because I freaking love steak. And, um, and she waited until after I bit into the steak to tell me that she was a vegan. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Dumb. Crazy. I'm like, look, I, I like, and ever since then, I've kind of, I, I, I've kind of been personally, uh, negative toward the almost say negative toward veganism but like i right. when i when i hear somebody say oh i'm a vegan that that story pops up in the in the in the you know on the back of my brain right um right. so what okay what video i i know i was going on a random spout there um what video would you say that you're most proud of Ooh, which what? video of mine am i most proud of you know, I don't know because it would have to it would have to be measured on how I is it a, is it a successful video that is the reason I'm proud of it? Is it a video that I just really like what I'm talking about? Mm. Well, um, I, we asked Sarg on that question last night, and he just pointed to a video that he put a lot of work into and that he felt passionate about, and it was something he felt need to be talked about. Uh, but we're curious, like, as to yeah, then some yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying that I was curious as to, is there's like a certain video that no matter if it did good, bad, people hated it, loved it, that you just thought, this is my best work. I'm so proud of this. This is, this is peak Hunter Avalon right here. 
Right. Well, I definitely think some of my better videos, as far as like topics that I really think need to be addressed, um, it's unfortunate because a lot of my really good videos that I that I do put a lot of work into tend to be my um, lower viewed videos. Um, mm. But I honestly, you know, maybe this sounds arrogant, but I don't think I could pick favorite video um <laughs> that's okay. but some of my favorites definitely would have to be like when i go to the pride events or the women's march and yeah people uh i really like being like there physically talking to people uh and i did a video a while back about marijuana it was called the truth about weed and this is another one of my uh opinions i hold that are, that breaks real that really breaks from like like typical traditional conservative beliefs um and it was basically like a, a 20 minute documentary that i on why I believe weed should be legalized uh, recreationally and medically. And it was like, it was just, I wouldn't say it was a peak Hunter Avalon video, but it was one of my best because of just the research was good. And I thought that the way I edited it and put it together was really good too. Sounds good. Thank you so much for coming on, Hunter. I uh, really appreciate it. I mean, I've never um, been more happy uh, to talk to a guest. You were fantastic. Uh, down to Thank earth, you. awesome, loved every second of it. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I had a really great discussion. Yeah, thank you. Hey, take care of yourself, Hunter. See you at thank the event. You. you too. See you then, man. So yesterday, I was walking out of my class, and I see a message in a group meeting uh, that I'm in, and I see this statement from the College Democrats at Penn State. And I read the tweet, and this is the first line of the tweet, okay? The first line of the tweet reads, the Penn State College Democrats statement on violent speech on campus. And I go, oh my God, we're already off to a stupid start here, violent speech. And I start reading the actual thing, okay? This is their statement. It says, on October 23rd, the student organization Turning Point USA Penn State is hosting Carl Benjamin, a YouTuber who goes by his pseudonym Sargon Vakad. That's probably the one sentence in this entire thing that has nothing wrong for it. That's the most accurate sentence out of the whole entire thing. It's just advertising our event for free, which I appreciate. Thank you, guys. And then it says, Sargon Vakad, um, or Benjamin, is best described as a far-right provocateur, infamous for targeted harassment of marginalized communities. What? Okay, he's not far right at all. This has been proven. If you look on the on his uh, channel, he's taken multiple political compass tests. Four years ago, he took one. He was a left-wing libertarian, a moderate left-wing libertarian. So he's to the left a bit and then down. He took one nine months ago about, and he came out as a moderate uh, libertarian, moderate, moderate right-wing libertarian. So he's like to the right a bit and then down. Okay? So that line is... Totally uh, inaccurate. And it says, infamous for targeted harassment of marginalized communities. When has he ever done that? They don't cite that at all. They make this claim. to see, they have other things that they back up with uh, footnotes, but they don't back that one up at all. There's no citation. It's total fabrication. Well, so college Democrats, what do you expect? You know, they can't do their own work. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty <laughs> pathetic. Like, they're like the college Republicans. They just make a statement about everything. That's the only thing they do other than, like, party. <laughs> Well, uh, that, that whole organization, they no, that's funny though. They're they're providing you a service. They're giving you free advertising. They're creating this outrage over there. You know, I, I say go ahead. You know, try to get try to get turning point banned. Let, let's go see how that works out for you. Oh, I I I love the college Democrats. I mean, they've been so nice to us. They have given us so much free advertising from this. They couldn't have been nicer. They are going to make the event even more successful than it already was going to be. I am just so grateful for them. And okay, it can, you know, 
Yeah. I would have thought you would have been angry at first because they were tearing down your um, your posters, but now you know they're making up for it. So at least they're trying to make amends for the actions that they know were bad. So oh yeah. Credits too. You know they they realize they did something wrong. They were tearing down your posters, so now they go and they provide their own posters advertising your event. Oh, I give them. I I totally take back what I've said about them tearing down the posters. I fully uh, embrace their form of apology, if you'd call it that. Uh, or the, the you know they've redeemed themselves because I was going around. I'd hang up posters every single night at midnight uh, of the event so that you know they wouldn't get torn down and they'd be up there during the day right and early when everybody's going to class but i'd come the next day and i'd find a few hours later they get torn down it was very disappointing people would tear down these flyers it's very disrespectful rude uh childish and unproductive and stupid but you know if they're going to make up for it by giving us um lots of media articles lots of uh social media interaction lots of um irony (laughs) through this statement i i i totally forgive them for it i am Glad they've redeemed themselves because now we can move forward from this. But it keeps going. The, the, the thing keeps going. It says, we call on the Pennsylvania State University to cease chartering of Turning Point USA and demand all entities associated with the university stop the flow of tuition and student fee dollars to speakers who advocate for the oppression of marginalized communities and incite violence through meritless and dangerous rhetoric. Oh, my God. This is why I got pulled apart in so many ways. For starters... We've already gotten UPAC funding for this event. It's been approved. We signed all the contracts. Everything's been... It's a done deal. Okay? So they're talking about future stuff is what I get the impression of. And they say that these speakers are, are, are uh, advocate for the oppression of marginalized communities. When has Sargon ever done that? When has Hunter Avalon ever done that? They've never done that. They don't incite any violence through uh, meritless and dangerous rhetoric. What dangerous rhetoric? They don't cite these things. They make stuff up. They're literally just throwing accusations out there and not substantiating them. And then it goes yeah. on. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it is good, though, that they're doing this. You know, don't don't forget that because... You know, they're showing the exact reason why you need to have these people here. Yes. Silence. And yep. they are proof, they're proving the reason. They want, I remember I was on Facebook and I saw comments who were like, why do we need to have these people over here? Well, you know, seeing the reaction of the college Democrats and, you know, it's not even just the college Democrats too. Like, they're a small part of this. But all these other far-left, radical, uh, you know, Antifa parallel organizations who are supporting this, uh, this activity on there mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So don't just think the college Democrats. You know, they probably don't have the skills to do it just by themselves. Let's be real here. You know, all they have the skills to do is probably party with the college Republicans. <laughs> well, I, I don't even know if they can even do that well anymore. I'm kind of doubting their abilities. Mm, really? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen any uh, quote-unquote lit parties with them recently, so I don't... I've never had lit parties. They go and throw, like, 50 people into Meridian. They call it a party. <laughs> <laughs> party in a tuna can you know you can't really do that very well i mean you can but it's you know no one's gonna have any fun over there and they'll get offended like over every like you joke. Know, thing that you do over there you gotta make a joke boom you know good lord knows how the halloween party goes this year for yeah everything's cultural appropriation with them you can't even dress up like a cat because you'd be appropriating something <laughs> out there. they're appropriating furry <laughs> culture Q-I-A-P-A-R-P-Barbecue-Space. <laughs> barbecue. I don't know. They have so much, like, stuff onto that. Now it's like, how do you even know what things there are? Like, I've heard, like, 50 different, like, versions. Like, one, 
like what happened to just like LGBT, you know, now it's LGBTQIAAP. It feels like a, a, a code into a video game. Like you remember those old games? Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah you put in like the cheat code on like Lego Star Wars to like get yeah. something unlocked, the special character unlocked early. Like, up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B. Now Dave Chappelle ones, calls them like... the alphabet people. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking that too. They're stealing all of the alphabet. What's yeah. going to be left for us? sue them because they're stealing the konami code that was a that was the original one with the with the cheat codes in the game so they should sue the uh the big uh you know what do they call it like you know the hive mind the leftist uh, you know homosexuality agenda the hive mind just be like yo you're stealing the konami code over here this is copyright infringement you got to go accomplish something else other than this like acronym that becomes like 50 characters long yeah well, their letter is going to get worse. I mean, I, every paragraph gets worse. It's like, what is this thing? Stupid thing's like three paragraphs. Okay, second paragraph here. It says, quote, Carl Benjamin is most recognizable for repeatedly suggesting he would rape a member of the UK parliament. Uh, that was... They took the bait. They took it. That's objective lie. Like, that's, that's flat out slander. If you actually read what he said, he said he would not rape someone. So yes. apparently he won't do something. The same as saying he will do something. So if I say... Hey, I'm not going to punch you in the face. That's assault now. That's threatening assault. You know, these college Democrats, no wonder they want to legalize marijuana because that's probably what they're on point for. So <laughs> come up with this stuff. Now, I don't even think like, you need that to come get that crazy on this stuff because if you read what he said, like he deliberately made this trolley tweet so that people would, um, because he knew people would say, exactly what they're saying because this person jess phillips that's who they're referring to a member of the uk department that's jess phillips she was complaining i think about rape um threats at her and she was trying to censor the internet apparently and sargon's point was that no matter what you say at her it will be considered a threat so he said to her i wouldn't even rape you which is to say he won't rape her the word not is literally in there and why would he even... Okay, here's the other thing. Let's take this at face value and assume um, what they're saying is true, but without the context or anything in that. Why would anyone ever repeatedly suggest to rape a member of the UK Parliament? Like, why would any prominent even YouTuber ever suggest to do that openly on Twitter? Why? Uh, well, who, who would you... Like, that, let's be real over here. Like, these people, you know... There is no reason for them to go and suggest that. Like, who, like, the only person who would, like, unironically say that would, well, no, like, every, the only people who would say that would be someone, like, ironically or, like, radical Islamic terrorists. Like, those yeah. are the only people who do that. The people that the uh, college Democrats would probably defend, like, the same person who's threatening Laura Loomer, who, let me guess, what their political, uh, you know, their political party was. Mm. It doesn't take too much of them guess that, like, radical, um, Muslims soon threatening a, a conservative personality, but you know they'll call us the, the party of violence. But yeah. I've never seen the college Democrats write an apology for for that sort of behavior. But they expect us to write an apology for you know what some people on the right do somewhere as you know. Yeah, just, it's, it's infuriating. There's a double standard with them, and the thing is too, they refuse to have a debate. They refuse to have an open dialogue because they know they can't have it. They the only reason they're still even here is because they keep spouting lies and they refuse to debate because they're part of cancel culture. The cancer that is infecting not only universities, but, you know, the movie, every sort of 
political and uh, media angle is being affected by this cancel culture. They're the reason why you can't have je- like comedians tell jokes anymore. The college Democrats and people like them, and that's why there's a big uh, you know a divide within Americans today because people like the college Democrats they can't have you having an opposing viewpoint. You know, it's not just like, hey, if I don't like this, I can, you know, not be a part of it. They need to go ban it for everyone. You know, yeah. like I used to be a lifeguard and there'd be people out there who go you know, like throw people, you know, throw all the kids out of the pool because some kid like, you know, punched someone in the face or something. Mm-hmm. I'm not being a real example, but like, you know, if one person does something bad, they'll punch the whole group. And that's exactly yeah. what they're yeah. doing. And that's exactly what Hitler did too. You know, mm-hmm. so they're literally following. Well, you're equating them to Hitler? Oof. They're literally calling us Hitler, but they're the ones who actually follow this uh, group. Um, what's what was it called? Like group group punishment. Oh, group That's, punishment. Yeah, I believe if I'm not mistaken, group punishment is actually explicitly banned by the uh, United Nations after World War II. So I mean, they advocate that. It's what they advocate for gun owners because you have like one per like less than one percent of like you know rifle owners commit mass shootings. Like well less than one percent. It's like. One percent of one percent of one percent, like the people that are, you know, according to Bernie Sanders, like run the country. They're also the people, apparent, like according to statistics, not not the same people, but the same percentage. Yeah. But like ninety nine percent of the welfare, the same, you know, the ones who are doing the, the, the mass shooting crimes. It doesn't make sense. You know? Well, and the other thing too is when you talk about how they basically are policing language and they're going after comedians. The quote that they use here to substantiate that he. So that Sargon supposedly repeatedly suggesting he'd rape a member of the UK Parliament. They, they, the quote they cite is where he says, "quote I suppose with enough pressure I might cave, but let's be honest, nobody's got that much beer." If you see the video, they took out the context. They took it all out of context, and that pisses me off so much when people do it because it's so deliberate. It's deliberate lying. If you look at the video in question, it's a blooper reel. Uh, that Sargon made when he was like, I think it was when he was running for UKIP, um, uh, MEPC, and he makes a like a whole line of jokes, and the whole thing is about jokes. He literally says in like the description, like I don't apologize for any of my jokes or something like that, and it's joke after joke after joke after joke after joke. He makes fun of the fact that you know the Labour Party has an anti-Semitism uh, problem. He does all these sort of things. They're like mocking things, and then at one point he says. Something along... I can probably just play it right. I don't know if I can... Can, can I play it? I don't, I don't know if you can. Yeah, well, I won't play it, but you can look it up on BitChute, anyone, because I think that's where the video only resides. It's called British Politics in 2019, I think. And if you listen to... There's one part at around two minutes where he says something along the lines of, um, you know, I've been repeatedly attacked for uh, saying that I would not even rape Jess Phillips. And... You know, I suppose with enough pressure, I might cave. He says something like that. And his point was to uh, mock these people that believe he'd actually rape her when he's saying he's being ironic. He's being sarcastic. If you don't get that, you do not get uh, comedy and you do not have a sense of humor. If you take out that context, because he literally says, you know, people are criticizing me for saying I wouldn't rape this person. And then he goes, well, but maybe I will. That's basically what his joke was. And I'm not trying to twist his joke, but that's basically his joke. His joke is to make fun of the fact that people think he's going to rape her, but he's not because he said he wouldn't. Um, and then it goes on. First of all, they used two periods in this statement right after the quote, bad grammar. Then they said social media, the capitalized M in social media, which I don't think is right. Platform. Well, it's a white supremacist construct. What's a white? Oh, grammar. Yeah, grammar because it's made by white people. It's, it's well, and they're grammar Nazis. You do know that. 
All my oh, English yeah, teachers are. <laughs> Hitler created grammar Nazis. <laughs> yeah. You can get these. Whoa, that should be a 4chan troll. Like, if you get the people to believe, like, grammar Nazis are, like, actually, like, people that go around correcting grammar are actually grammar Nazis or actual Nazis, and it's like a dog whistle. You know, because it's, it's like when people make an argument and they'll just, in, in reply to the argument, they'll just, like, correct your, you know, or something like that. You could do that and be like, oh my God, he's being a grammar Nazi. He's, he's dog whistling. You know, the, the college Democrats are so stupid over here. They probably believe if you did that okay sound that you're like part of an alt-right hate group. No, 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 no. No, they wouldn't believe that. The college independents believe that. And I have proof of it in their group meeting. <laughs> we'll go into that. Actually, let's go into that right now. Let, let's, take a, let's take a little detour here. So I posted something about this event in the college independents chat because... I thought, you know, might as well remind people that it's coming up because we also have a, you know, a uh, reward where if you get the most referrals uh, of, for ticket sales, you get a see at dinner with Sargon Hunter. So if you sell the most tickets, you get your name on the referral box the most, you get a see at dinner with Hunter and Sargon. And so I just told people that cause I thought, oh, maybe they'd be interested in your offer because I know people there that like him. And then somebody, uh, the United Socialist ex-president said, yeah, who wouldn't want dinner with this guy? And he cites a part on Wikipedia where it talks about Sargon being involved with Gamergate, which is totally cool. And then, he, then the, of course, it's the Jess Phillips. I wouldn't even rate your comment. And then I post a uh, meme, a joke. It was just a meme. I put hashtag Sargon did nothing wrong. And then I posted a picture. It's like a painting. It's a beautiful meme. Uh, I'll send it to you right now, Alex. That has Milo, Nigel Farage, Sargon, and Pepe all in a car, and it says, oh, yeah. "Get in, normies. We're going about to. We're about to save Western civilization." I think you've showed me that one before. Yeah, it's a great meme, and it's funny. Okay, I got four likes on it too, by the way. Not to brag. And then it says, "This other guy from the College Independence uh, steps in." And, oh, sorry, the, it was the United Socialist guy says, he asks the president of uh, College and Penn says, is Nazi dog whistling allowed here? <laughs> oh my what God. are you talking, talking about? Nazi dog whistle, that gives me like a brain aneurysm. Right <laughs> and then he goes on to say, hop in my Nazi light normie, uh, we're, going about, we're going about to save, quote, civilization with... Pepe holding the OK symbol in a white supremacist context. You go. Oh yes, yeah. so Pepe, a green frog is a white supremacist. <laughs> you know, just a, just a regular Pepe, not like you know one of the, one of the Pepe's that says like racist stuff on, just like a regular. It's just a regular Pepe. Okay, like these people are stupid. I remember I saw a story it was a couple weeks ago where someone like called up Universal Studios to get a coworker like fired and like blacklisted, and they wanted like. To sue them, and they got they lawyered up because a coworker did the OK sign. You know, if the if the OK sign is a white supremacist symbol, then Barack Obama is actually a white supremacist. Of course, he is. You know, just about every like major person in that that I've seen, like every politician is now a white supremacist. Like even the black ones, even the Asian ones. Yeah. Everyone who's seen an OK sign ever is now like an alt right like dog whistler. And by the way, just that word dog whistler, it just always triggers. Me. <laughs> You no, know, it triggers my like you know my Twitter PTSD. You know, like, <laughs> the left gets whenever you say like like other words like you know you do the OK sign, it'll trigger that. Like when they use the word dog whistle, triggers me like that. You know, it just makes me want to flip out. Yeah, because it's the most overused word. Oh yeah, and it's people it's like mind reading. Gaslight. It's just mind reading. 
It's total mind reading. They think you, you they, they think they can read your mind, see your intentions, see what you mean. They're not even looking at what you say. Yeah, you know, there used to be a time when like people on the left actually used to browse 4chan. You know, there was a it was a long time ago, but like, you know, for a long time 4chan didn't used to be this like one quote right wing place. But because of people, you know, they just become so like insane. They keep like hearing this stuff. You, you can't even talk to them anymore. They're not normal people. When they go and like they start having all these conspiracy theories, but they call us the party conspiracy theorists. You know, yeah. they call Alex Jones like the worst conspiracy theorist on earth. But you know, the, the Democrat Party they required like us, the taxpayer, to go and pay for this Russia conspiracy theory that doesn't even make any sense. Like I've seen YouTube videos from actual like people who are like you know they're Russian expatriates and stuff, and they're like, yeah, now this the Russians aren't that competent to be able to go and you know mess up the American elections. They, they're putting way too much like skill into this country that you know they can barely afford to uh, eat. Like it wasn't until the like fall of Soviet Union that people started being able to actually afford cars over there. Like it's it's such a, a funky place. I think this like backwater like third world country is like influencing every aspect of the United States. Yeah, like, you know, and they're ignoring on. China. But oh yeah. Yeah, China. That's another big thing we should talk We're, about. Yeah, we'll be talking about that later. I want to wrap this up first, but the the United Socialist ex president goes, then goes on to say, "Are you going to let this guy just get away with it, or kick and condemn him?" And then I just reply um, with, "I do the OK symbol emoji, but I use the um, brown skin tone emoji, <laughs> and I put equals white supremacy question mark question mark then laughing emojis." And then he goes, it does in this context, and you know it. No! See, it's mind reading again. And then he goes, says, isn't white supremacy an explicit call to violence against Jews, Muslims, and whoever they deem non-white? What are these characters going to do once they hop in the Nazi wagon? The intention is clear. Another figure such as the Aztec imitator. <laughs> <laughs> or MAGA guy are just there for plausible deniability. That is not a Nazi meme. What's the Aztec imagery? I don't. Well, let me go and look at that. Was it? It's probably could. Let me look at that image. Oh, there was like a picture of like. Mashi oh, in the background. What's that to do white supremacy? That's like Sargon's. You know. Well, we uh, have we have like a homosexual you know guy and you know us with the MAGA hat eating a taco, which is you know. It's cultural appropriation, though. Yeah, it's like South American, Hispanic food, you know. And then you have Sargon over there, you know. Oh, wait, Sargon. that's a drink, actually. He's holding, like, a lemonade or something. It does look like a taco from a distance, but that's, like, oh, the... I thought it was, like, a hard-shell taco. No, it's, right? like, the lemon that's on the glass. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's he's drinking, you know, some sort of beverage. And uh, how do you even, like, know it's a Nazi vehicle? I don't see any, like, signs. Of and the funny thing is, like, the leftists love like uh, Volkswagens. Mm. You know, they're the first people to go and buy it's that. It's a hippie crap. mobile. It's it's a hippie mobile, but it was invented by Hitler. So, yeah, it I mean, literally you know, was. It was Hitler's like yeah. gift to the people at the end. It doesn't even look like a Nazi vehicle. It just looks like a generic car. You don't see any like... I don't see where the Nazi uh, propaganda is on there. Is, does Pepe have a straw? I thought it was a plastic straw in his hand for a second. Uh, is that a red pill? No, that's Sargon with the red pill. I don't know. Like These people are so insane. Oh, that's like, just the mirror of the car behind when he's doing the OK symbol. This is why Trump's going to win again, because people on the left have gotten so radical. Insane. Like, who can, like, you know, 
I remember back before 2016, the left, you know, they would actually make some, they, there'd be some like valid points they'd actually make, but now it's just gotten so, so out of hand where they're talking about like, and like not even just, you know, this stuff, even I, I was listening to a Pete booty gag and all these other people, <laughs> you know, they're talking, they were saying some really radical stuff over here, mm-hmm. you know, and we can talk about that after the break, but yeah. you know, they, they think that's normal. Like they're not even going to be able to like, who is even running right now? Like it's ridiculous. They're they're going downhill. The last few things that were said in this chat though is this other guy in the chat that's a college independent says, I agree the meme is problematic. I disagree that the right response is to ban people. And then somebody's uh he then also says, also, uh where is it? Oh, he cites the New Zealand shooter, the United Socialist. Uh, trying to connect with the white supremacy. But that guy was a mentally deranged man that didn't even know. He said subscribe to PewDiePie, which doesn't have anything to, with white supremacy. Oh, yeah, PewDiePie is a white supremacist. A Jewish, a Jewish man is a white supremacist. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Oh, totally, of course. Or like, Carl, Carl, like Felixburg or something. Yeah. Felix yeah, Kinberg. Yeah, yeah, like one person, like if you wear like Nike shoes and you commit a mass shooting, you know, then they're going to like say mass, like in your like a white supremacist or something. Then they're gonna ban Nike shoes, which would be funny. I mean, they're not the mass shooting; that'd be terrible. But like, yeah, you know, they they're going to find anything that you do that's something that not every single person will go and do. It's just like, oh, you know, he's uh, drinking Coca Cola. Coca Cola's alt right. <laughs> yeah, no, he's drinking milk, and that's a white supremacist drink. Yeah, that's how that happened too. Because someone was like trolling, you know, someone was just drinking that thing on the heel, not divide us. And then people were like, huh, we should go and convince the left that these that are white. Yeah, alt right. And, and they that's did. the they do. They do. They win every time they take the bait. They took the bait with the I wouldn't even rape you comment, and they're taking a bait again with the okay sign. And then the uh, ex socialist guy goes on to say, it is a solidary symbol for white supremacists. 99% of the time, it's used as the okay symbol, but context changes meaning. They are weaponizing irony to spread and normalize their white supremacist propaganda. Weaponizing irony. <laughs> they don't know what weaponizing means. <laughs> Well, 4chan did, as some people say, weaponize autism. That's what the, that phrase that comes a, from. That but. was like literally just a joke. And they I know. Think, they, they probably think it's like literal. They're probably, I can see the left, like, you know, just going, like, putting autistic people on, like, some sort of, like, government watch list because they might be right wing. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And, you know, it's not you going to troll them into actually doing that because if they did that, they would lose so much, res- like, they would lose so much respect. Cause, and they would actually do it, too. Like, there would be a... I can see like the next uh, Democrat president being like, there was a, you know, there was uh, autistic collusion to take down, you know, like uh, Elizabeth Warren. Mm. And that would be the most funniest stuff, just hearing that national television, because CNN would run with it. Because yeah, they CNN, would. They're so, br- like, they're so morally bankrupt and they just want to get ratings. They'll go and run with anything that someone says that sounds like salacious. Yeah. They're no better than BuzzFeed, but at least BuzzFeed, you know, they're they're not supposed to, like people don't actually respect them you know they will just go and look at them for memes but cnn's like buzzfeed just bigger well and the other thing too i will give credit to the college independence president because he does did say when he commented on the meme he didn't say there was really anything wrong with it but he then where i disagree with him he does say that you should think about stuff where you're posting it and if you know people will consider it racist sexist whatever you shouldn't post it but i disagree with that because people think everything is now uh, and then the rest of the statement from the college Democrats reads, 
after we say that, it says social media platforms have taken action against the disgraced charlatan, oh, he's a charlatan, for statements like these and other dangerous rhetoric. Ooh, scary. Twitter banned Benjamin in 2017 and the crowdfunding platform Patreon followed in 2018. Yeah, that's why we're calling this event The Censored Guys. And it says YouTube has demonetized his channel, which is uh, still allowing him to publish videos, but no longer makes any money on them. We have no intention to prevent Benjamin from speaking on campus, nor do we intend to prevent our peers, faculty, and staff, or any members of the community from attending. Okay. Do we... Okay, let's read this in context. They first started off with, you know, here saying, well, we don't want to, you know, uh, we don't want to prevent Benjamin from speaking, but we do want to shut down and defund your entire chapter. <laughs> okay. That's, it's like, well, we're not going to censor this one guy, but we're going to censor every future guy you want to have. That's literally what they're saying. You should go and just post like a one, like, you know, one sentence reply would be like, come at me, bro. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, they'll be like, oh, that's violent speech. Yeah, they, they probably would be like, okay, now, no you. Just post that. No, no you. you. <laughs> that, post, like, post the okay symbol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and do it with like a, um, uh, a, a dark skinned uh, emoji. So, that, so when they call it a white supremacist symbol, they show like the screenshot of it, you'll just see like a dark brown okay. <laughs> <laughs> You even do like on a tour, just be like, no, you then post like a, a frog and then like a black, uh, <laughs> a black okay symbol. Yes. Uh, the and last bit of it, out. what was that? They would flip so much, you know, doggy poop. They wouldn't know what to do with it. Uh, but then the statement concludes with Benjamin is unequivocally a threat to women. Unequivocally, like this is a consensus. Everyone agrees with this. His wife must agree with it too, I guess. And they cite a, uh, they cite, you know, in reference to all these things, like their footnotes, they cite Vice uh, as one of their sources. So you know where this is coming from. They oh, say, yeah. mm, Vice, yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. Benjamin's unequivocally a threat to women, members of the Muslim and Jewish faith. When he see attack Jews, what the? He's not from yeah, the Labor Party. Anyone else like the the left? You know they go and criticize. Jeremy Corbyn time. and the Labor Party are a bigger threat to the Jewish community than Sargon of Akkad. <laughs> Let's be real. Friends with like Milo, who's like an actual like Jewish gay guy. Yeah, so I don't understand that. Like they see he's a threat to LGBTQ. He's friends with a gay Jewish guy. You know, like he's you know famously <laughs> friends with that guy. Yeah. If so, you guys ever want to you know um, see some anti-Semitism, just Google. Oh, the Daily Stormer endorsed Jeremy Corbyn. When he was running for prime minister. Okay. You want to see the side, you know, of anti-Semitism here? It's Jeremy Corbyn and the Labour Party. If you're going to make that argument, I'm not saying I will. But if you're going to say that somebody's an unequivocal threat to Jewish um, members of the Jewish faith, how about you start looking to the Labour Party, okay? Because the Daily Stormer endorsed Jeremy Corbyn because they believe he's anti-Semitic enough for their endorsement. Um, he's also an unequivocal threat to the LGBTQ plus community. <laughs> Immigrants and people of color. So, like, literally everyone that isn't white. Okay? That's that's that that's what that says. Just everyone that isn't white. Even though I don't think Sargon's fully white. I don't know the truth of that. But I don't know. That, there, uh, I've heard different things. So I don't know what the truth is. But let's just throw it out there. The Pennsylvania State University must not charter groups that allow speakers who harass people based on an individual's protected class, such as sex, race, or religion that meets the legal definitions established by law. And that's the end of the statement. And then it's signed... 
Just reply that we won't even uncharter you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. We should reply back that I wouldn't even defund you. I wouldn't yes. even shut you down. <laughs> so this was signed by the College Democrats, LGBTQA Student Roundtable, Queer and Trans People of Color, uh, PSU Students for Warren, United Socialists at PSU, PSU Students for Bernie, Planned Parenthood Generation Action, Latino Caucus, uh, there's two more, Pi Sigma Alpha, the National Political Science Honor Society, Triosha, the Women, National Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies Honor Society. <laughs> you, you, a whole major, a whole honor society. <laughs> I'll probably be working at like Starbucks for the next like 20 years. Yeah. Think about that. Like how, how useless of a major is that? Women's and Gender Studies, like Honor Society. Like, you know, just go, go and take an actual degree, people. This statement is absolutely great for us. I'm just going to be flat honest. Like, they've done us a service. They've given us free advertising. And they have literally proven the point of this event to a T. I originally called it the censor because I didn't know what else to call the event. And we were going to talk about big tech censorship, but maybe just YouTube. It was already starting about YouTube in general, but I thought, no, it's going to be probably more about big tech censorship given the fact they're YouTubers. And so I thought, we'll call it the censor because both these guys have been banned from Twitter. Sargon's been banned from Twitter, Patreon, and both have probably been shadow banned on a lot of platforms. So it's very relevant. And so the flyers going up have, you know, pictures of them with duct tape on their face show they've been censored. Not only are people tearing down flyers that say the censor, but now they want to shut us down for having an event called The Censored. The irony, it just can't get any better than this. It's an absolute gift. Christmas has come early, thanks to the College Democrats. And it's Love fabulous. Love you guys. Love you guys too. It's very nice of you. I couldn't have asked for a better present. Yes, preach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't believe they literally want to shut down our club for an event well, called The Censored. Well, where's their event? Like, yeah, that's why they want to shut you down because they can't do like any that would get, generate any sort of like attention. Yeah, they're constantly attention seeking. They see people who do better than them, and they get mm -hmm. instantly jealous. Sounds so they can't like do somebody we know. Oh yeah, you know they they do not have skill. They are people who instead of like doing their own thing, they try to drag everyone else down with them because they can't have fun. They're party poopers. So wonder their party probably suck. And it's not even just the college Democrats either. You get all these other like you know. Uh, what, what, what you call it, like identity politics groups, like the Women's Studies, like Honor Society, which is a joke. You know, if you're, if you're a Women's Studies major, like, you know, why even go to college? Yeah. If you want to work at Starbucks so bad, you know. You can do it without, without a degree, though. I don't get the whole point of like a woman's studies. Like you're a woman yourself. Like you should know yourself better. You know, this is how women act. Why do you need entire studies based on your own gender? Yeah, that's just ridiculous. And then, you know, they have, they're just so politically biased. Like, I hope Trump defunds this stuff. Yes. Like, because why is my tax part going to go and fund this, like, in a, a whole organization that's basically propaganda, like, I, whole studies? I just why lost something. I just lost something. If the school, if, I don't know if they're going to do it. I hope they don't. If they remove our charter, you do realize Trump made that executive order that, if a university shuts down free speech, guess what? They lose their funding. Oh, I'd tell I'd recommend that the university try that because they're going to find, and I doubt they're going to win that. Yeah. 
you know, they would lose so fast and Penn State would lose like just think of the alumni network over here. How yeah. many people like, you know, I certainly wouldn't do anything to Penn State after that. You know, Trump would probably go there would probably be an actual lawsuit against them, not only from Turning Point, but also from various like, you know, every sort of conservative organization. And then you'd get like, you know, the federal government. So, I mean, I doubt Penn State would do it. And if they did, you know, that would make you guys famous. You'd become a martyr at that point. So, I mean, I really hope that they like I hope they do it. Defund me, bro. I dare you. Come at me. <laughs> Come at me. <laughs> well, and the thing, too, is I love this one quote from Trump's Art of the Deal, which I read over the summer, and this quote, quote stood out to me. And this sums up what the college Democrats are doing. He said, quote, one of the problems when you become successful is that jealousy and envy inevitably follow. There are people, I categorize them as life's losers, who get their sense of accomplishment achievement from trying to stop others. As far as I'm concerned, if they had any real ability, they wouldn't be fighting me. They'd be doing something constructive themselves. There's no better way you could word that. That's exactly what these people do to try to shut stuff down that they don't like. It's because they're not successful. Their ideas aren't effective. They're not getting big speakers with large crowds. They're not having fun. So what do they do? They try to shut other people down. If they actually had the skill, if they had the talent in them, they'd be putting on their own events. They'd be bringing their own speakers. They'd be having fun, but they're not. They are losers. And it is pathetic. It is weak. It is terrible, unproductive and silly to try and threaten basically uh, or request if you want to put that nicely the university to shut us down to defund us because we're hosting somebody they don't like well why don't you show up to the event because they're going to be protests from old maine they're going to have a teach-in which i don't know what that is i guess they're going to educate people or brainwash people it's more accurate way to put it, on who sargon and hunter are and then they're going to walk over to our event in 112 kern and i guess stand outside with signs and shout no sargon no kkk no fascist usa no hunter no fascist usa you know i just had an idea someone from uh, the event should like try to like get into the protest and see what goes infiltrate on. yes yeah, it's like the whole teaching thing i i i totally disavow that i totally disavow that i'd be just awful yeah, so like i can basically tell you what their like chants are going to be because they do the same chant everywhere <laughs> like come on folks you've been doing this for like you know since trump yeah you know, you find something new to go and chant about and be like no trump no kkk no fascist usa then replace trump with whatever you're protesting against. <laughs> hey, insert so insert uh guy you hate no no kkk no fascist usa that's literally every chant and then who, who was thought, like, there's another, there's two honor societies that, like, complained, right? One was, like, the poli sci, like... Yeah, the poli sci honor society. society. What are the, why did they sign off on this? That's disgraceful. They should not have signed off on this at all. They probably don't even know anything about Sargon or anything about uh, Hunter. Because if they did, they would know the that Sargon was joking. Here. Yeah, political well, science must be a joke major. It, it is. Uh, it, it is if they're doing that sort of thing. Like, I go and say, you know, poli sci honor society go and debate let's go and start this up have an actual debate instead of just crying like a cry baby when you have a report when you have someone that's controversial come up that's a good point because guess know, what guess who hasn't who has refused to debate us i have two clubs that have signed off on this they refuse to debate us the college democrats i've texted their president multiple times i asked her hey do you want to debate she said yes but we got to talk over some things first i'm like fine we'll do that and then I asked her again, hey, is there any time you want to meet up? She didn't reply to me. She left me undelivered for days. She finally left me on read. It took a while. And it took her four days to read the text, I think, or six days or something like that. Uh, and 
she finally read the message and ignored me. Totally ignored me. Uh, so she's either scared to debate, doesn't want to debate, or is super busy, but I think we all know which it really is. And then the oh. National Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies Honor Society was the other one that signed it. But I expect them. Like, that's just a given. But the poli side Honor Society, come on, guys. You're all about free... You should be all about free speech and free expression. What What is wrong... Literally, what is wrong with you guys for not wanting this to happen and want to shut us down? Because that's well, the other thing. Major. It's another useless major over here because, like, you know... Poli side sounds really interesting, but re what it really is, is like if you want to be a career politician, if you want to be a swamp rat, you know, just a guardian of the swamp, a swamp thing. Yeah. That's probably the major for you because, you know, I know some good people who took those majors, so it's not everyone, but like, really, what are you trying to go and do? Like, the only real way that major is if you go to grad school, because if you like go right out of college with a poli sci major, you're going to have a hard time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not something I would recommend for sure. And, I know I just said that, you know, these people don't want people to come to this event. Even though the statement says, like, we have no intention of preventing any of these people from coming to this event. Let's be real. I'm not trying to mind read here, but they're trying to... The, the, the whole statement, the first two-thirds, is all spooky, especially the middle part. It's all spooky on how terrible Carl Benjamin is. And they lie about him. It's a total lie, like saying that he would suggest he'd rape a member of the UK parliament. So these people... They, they do not like him. They probably don't want people to come to this event. That's my guess. That's my opinion. I'm not trying to read into these people, but come on. You know, like when you read this, do you really think these people want people coming to this event? You really think they do? I don't yeah, think they so. Think Carl Benjamin, you know, they think Sargon Hunter is bad. <laughs> Wait till, Wait till the spring. Is nuts. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's they're what I keep telling fun people. Time with that. I'm not going to say who it is, but they're going to have a real mm. fun time. With no, that. no, no. We cannot reveal that yet because we don't want to. We want to give them a little bit of time to recover from this. We want to be nice. And then when the spring oh. rolls around, ba bam. They're going to get a I nice mean, surprise. Let's just say if you, think, if you think Sargon's bad, you're going to have a fun time with that other <laughs> Oh, God, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm I'm actually going to include that in our statement. I just saw that. I should say at the very end, be like, if you think Sargon's bad, wait till the spring. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's a mic drop. That is beautiful. But, oh, my God, this is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever read. I mean, I could round this for hours, but it it's so stupid. But it's so, they played right into our hands. You guys realize that. I'm literally telling you this to your faces if you're listening. You played into our hands. You really did. You screwed up. And this is why nobody likes the college Democrats. This is why nobody likes the college socialists or United Socialists, whatever you guys are called all over the country. I'm categorizing these groups all over the country. I'm not specifically targeting Penn State. But this is why nobody likes these things this is why conservatism is a new counterculture this is why conservatism is more popular and is becoming uh, a movement across the nation with trump with all these other people and while why this is why when you see sjw's losing their minds on campus people laugh at it upload to youtube and it has millions of views it's because you people are an insane you were insane if you think a guy who says i will not rape you is saying he's going to rape you okay this is clown world stuff right here this is well, they, don't, they do not understand the english language because the english language is made by white people yeah and that's it's a white supremacist yeah it's probably white supremacist back in like the you know what was it like 100 bad or something he's like yeah. oh i'm gonna make this language so that's hard for like you know non-white people to go and learn that's not <laughs> 
That's probably what they think. I mean, I can't. I'm not a mind reader unlike them, so I go and determine 100. percent But I bet that's probably like they're probably a class that teaches that. Yeah. You know, well, and I want to point that women's studies like triota stuff. I want to point out one last thing, which is the part of the statement that says Benjamin is unequivocally a threat to. Let's let's, let's, let's list these here: women, members of the Muslim Jewish community, LGBT. Q plus community, immigrants, people, colors. That's five groups right there. Uh, DJT here, as our one guest keeps calling you. I'm going to call you T because I can't say Please that. Please don't say DJT. I'm having um, flashbacks. Yeah, from that. <laughs> so you are or were a Muslim, member of the Muslim community because you used to be Muslim. Yeah. Uh, your sister is probably the LGBTQ plus community. So that's the only stretch we're going to make here. Yeah, you can say that. You Unless can you're, that in there's there. something you haven't told me. but <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. Well, are you? Well, I'm dating you, so. Oh. oh yeah. I guess you are in that community then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Immigrants? Were you born here? Yeah. No, I was not born here, actually. Where were you born? The UAE. Okay. So you're an immigrant. Are you a person of color? Actually, yes, I am. Do you feel that Carl Benjamin coming here under your club is a threat to you? <laughs> An unequivocal threat. No. Unequivocal. Wait, wait, you should say no? Yeah. Are, are you sure? I mean, he hates you. He, he, he hates know, you. I know, I know, because he was just... He uh, wouldn't even rape you. The worst thing he said, <laughs> all, like, I would watch his videos, and I would, every time I watch his video, I'd be, like, triggered, because he would say, both sides need to debate each other. Both well, sides need to talk. Yeah, but see, debating is a white supremacist construct. It is, yes. Yeah, <laughs> especially if I want to speak in English, then yeah, yeah, that's really, that's some white nationalist supremacist <laughs> stuff right there. Yeah, see, yeah, it, it debates a white supremacist construct. Like, <laughs> I know the debate clubs over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get, no, no, no. Say the debate club should get shut down because debate is a white supremacy construct. That's not saying people should do that, for the record. Not making a call to action there, but think about that what if what if somebody did say that oh no actually remember um in the Planned Parenthood chat they're picking on the grammar of uh the I think the Eventbrite site oh yeah, yeah. yeah. they're being grammar Nazis oh my god fascists oh my god. they're like the real fascists right there I should yeah. have called them out on it but I just didn't have the idea back then oh that's okay yeah so I, I think that proves our point very clearly which is that these people are idiots and so not everyone see they keep trying to um, be the sort of supervise the babysitter for their minorities. They think all their minorities believe what they're believing and they need protection. Do you, th you don't need protection from spooky Sargon. From no, but I think I need protection for this headache that I'm about to deal with like <laughs> oh, in uh, yeah. four days. So. Oh, God. Yeah, I can't wait for this. It's going to be exciting, funny, mm -hmm. interesting. So anyway, listening, just know that this is the event that all these uh, lefty groups, the College Democrats, the United Socialists, Students for Warren, Students for Bernie, this event, the censored the event, the uh, the censored event, it is the event that they want the Turning Point USA chapter to shut down for. Just remember that. It is the event they want to shut us down for. I think that tells that, that just says everything that needs to be said there. So you know what you're going to be in for for this event. Are there any last things you want to say, Alex, about the College Democrats and all these other people's goofy statement. Did dictator Phil get on? Uh, no, I still don't see him. What's happened to him? I don't know, man. Uh, no, I, I think we went over it pretty well. We we beat the. Thanks. Uh, 
you know, deadly. I don't know what the we went and we did like basically a metaphorical emphasize a metaphorical firing squad on that statement for an hour. We ripped it apart to shreds. Yeah, but uh, yeah, good luck for you guys. I'm sure you guys will, you know, metaphorically kill it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait because protests are going to be pretty big, I'm guessing, bigger than last year. Sounds somewhat organized. And I've heard word that we are going to have some interesting ways of uh, um, reacting to it uh, and dealing with it. So we'll see how that goes. Another thing that was interesting is when I was tabling for this event, I wanted to mention this, I was just tabling and one guy came by and gave us a middle finger, which was very nice uh, and productive and all that. And then some guy um, that our field rep talked to, this is still making me laugh, this is so funny, but our field rep uh, was talking to the suburbs, doing something, I forget what he was doing, but he was out there tabling basically. And somebody came up to him and went, turning point sucks. And without hesitation, without thought, he just goes, you suck. <laughs> he just That's says, so you suck. so funny to you. It yeah. is. We, you laughed really hard when he told us yeah, about this, where funny. he just went, you suck. No, no, you're eating lunch and you could no, dinner. You, oh, you, you don't even know what meal we were no, no, eating. No, 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 no. You're eating dinner and you're just like laughing to yourself. Like I left the table to get some coffee and I look <laughs> back and you're still laughing and I'm it was funny. It was funny, but like, oh my god, you're, you're the dying. one. <laughs> hey, I like, make fun of you, and you laugh at like the sneaky <laughs> meme. Oh, you're laughing at it now. No, no, no okay, uh -huh, okay, okay. And then there's a video on their um chat where they're on using Chad. Chat. Chat. I think it's a Chad. Get your mind on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking of last night. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, viewers. <laughs> Listeners, I can't view this program. Oh, I'm grammar Nazi-ing you again. It's not grammar policing, it's grammar yeah. Nazi-ing. But no, there's this video, and they were um, taking a video of uh, our posters, and they had this, um, <laughs> the music behind where it was going, boopy, stinky. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you guys killed <laughs> the funny. <laughs> they killed the funny. They killed the funny. So we're going to talk a bit about China then, because that has been... Big part of my week in some different ways, which I'll talk about, but number one is the whole controversy with South Park and the NBA in China. And for stars, the NBA controversy basically is where an NBA executive voiced support of the Hong Kong protests on Twitter. The tweet's been deleted. LeBron James then tweeted, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Lies begin to end the end we become silent about things that matter thank you i'm okay wait is this not the tweet sorry no, no, no lebron james is the guy who was like being a, a cuckold with that i know like, i'm trying to oh, find you know, the you tweet know, let's not talk about that you know he's the same guy who was supporting uh, the dude who was like kneeling kaepernick the, um, i forget what his name was and he was like oh well you know we have to go and stand up for injustice anywhere but now it's like oh well let's not talk about that because you know this isn't affecting us, you know, so let's just go and pretend this doesn't happen. You know, he's such, he's so full of crap, like mm -hmm. LeBron James, you know, people who, who okay. deal with that, you know, who will be the same sort of people who will, you know, say that America is a white supremacist place and we're terrible, but then go to China and be like, oh, you know, these, this, this country's great. You know, they go and uh, literally steal organs from uh, people who are against the government, you know, for people who are Falun Gong, um, what was it, practitioners. For people who are, you know, Muslim in that country, 
Listen, you know, I don't have, you know, I'm not not the type of person that's, like, super pro, like, Islam and stuff. But, you know, I don't think that you should be, like, harming people who don't harm you. Yeah. And they are so anti-religious. Not even just them either. Like, they've they've gone demolished churches everywhere. They're such a terrible country. We're not talking about that enough, you know? Yeah. And the thing LeBron said, I want to correct it and get his quote out there. In a press conference or, you know, people are asking him questions, he says, I don't want to get into a feud with Daryl Morey. That's the NBA executive that uh, posted a graphic and a tweet that said, quote, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong, unquote. Then LeBron said, but I believe he wasn't educated on the situation at hand and he spoke. He then went on to say so many people could have been harmed, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. Just be careful what we tweet, what we say, and what we do. Yes, we have freedom of speech, but there can be a lot of negatives that come with that as well. Sometimes social media is not always a proper way to go about things as well. He sounds like such a shill there. He sounds like somebody that was told by his corporate executives, hey, uh, you know, don't say anything bad about China because... That will upset them and upset our sponsors, so we can't have that. That'll hurt our money. You know, that's what yeah, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah, and he, um, you know, well, the thing was with the guy that they criticized, or that I shouldn't say he criticized China. He technically just, you know, supported the Hong Kong protest. That angered the Chinese a lot, and this is also after South Park mocked the Chinese in an episode. I haven't seen it yet. But I think they equated uh, President Xi with Winnie the Pooh. So China has banned Winnie the Pooh in their country for it. And South Park you know, issued a non-apology apology for this, which was pretty funny on Twitter. You guys can check down the South Park Twitter. And at the same time, I met with my friend this week from China because he's now in grad school in St. Louis, and he came back to visit, and I talked to him about China, and he's saying it's really bad now. It's gotten much worse, where before, with the censorship and stuff, you would be somewhat afraid to criticize President Xi, but now he and everyone else is absolutely terrified. They're scared to say a word about the guy. They think it's going, you know, you're afraid you're going to get thrown in jail or worse because of it. He knows somebody that was working somewhere, and they just voiced a small criticism of just the company, just like a small complaint. I think it was a government-run company. That's my guess. Or some sort of government ties, like everything in China. It just said something small, like, for example, if, like, oh, maybe we should turn the AC down, but it's a bit cold in here. Something like that. It was just something very small. And he was sent to prison for 15 days. It's insane what this country is doing. And yes, they're... They basically have modern-day concentration camps for the Muslims where they're putting them in there, making them eat bacon, drink beer, and... Well, that sounds like my sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, to be serious, that's really screwed up that they would do that. Yeah. It's not even just, like, the Muslims, too. Like, the Falun Gong, you know, it's, like, some weird... I don't really know what they do, but they're, like, really hit hard by China. Like, get to look up that, that religion. I'm not really too familiar with it, but I know, like, I've talked to Chinese people even over here, and they're like, yeah, those people are like, yeah, they, they the government does not like them one bit. I don't really know why, but uh, they will go and throw you in a concentration camp. And years ago, there this event at the Science Center, I think it was in uh, Baltimore, and they'd have, like, it was called Bodies in Motion or something. Uh, and yeah. they had these, like, skeletons and stuff. They'd come in funny poses. And I was like, oh, you know, that's really cool. Come to find out, you know, where they're getting the bodies from. It was from China and mostly from, uh, you know, political prisoners and final What? Bombs. 
Yeah, wow. they, and they send over to the United States and they come in funny purses. And they're like, <laughs> and, you know, like, and they also do that with uh, organ donation, like organ transfers and stuff. They'll go and steal organs from these like local prisoners and um, use them to uh, give it to other people. And they'll like sell it and they'll use it to give it to people who need organs. So they're stealing organs from the political prisoners to give to the rich, you know, well, maybe not the rich, but pretty expensive to get organ donate, like organ transfer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty messed up. Yeah, it is, and it's. I think what we're getting a bit more exposed to is something we've been talking about on this show many times before, but I don't think a lot of the general public realizes this, which is that China has a lot of influence over us. They have a lot of power. They have a lot of um, leverage on America, and you see, like with movies, with. Uh, uh, culture with the NBA, which all with all these other things, where China has a foot in things, where they have a stranglehold on things that wasn't the case a few years ago. Now that China has gone full on totalitarian, full on uh, authoritarian regime, like even more than they already were, you're seeing the uh, maximum potential of that power. Like for example, the NBA. Now the NBA is in a weird spot where they're going to probably start doing things to care to China because China's making threats with them. They probably, you know, give them some money. They probably help them off a lot of things. All these movies are funded by Chinese companies now. You know, Disney's, oh my God, they get so much money from China. You know, and all these other, I guess you could say, I won't say just technology companies, but companies in general that have factories in China. Video game companies, like especially, like that's really crazy. Like Tencent Studios or Tencent yeah. Productions, they get like they, they, you know, the whole thing started out with Blizzard, where some guy was in a uh, like I guess he was a pro gamer or something, gamer boy, and he was uh, playing this game called Hearthstone, which is really popular with like you know I've seen over here a lot, like you know people from Korea, like a lot of students from Korea and like China, they'll play that game. And um, they had one of these guys who was like an esports dude, and he like had a he said or had a sign or something that said like, you know, support the uh, Hong Kong protests against China. And he got you know deep like he lost his uh, prize money, and he was banned from participating for like um, a year. And then the people who the people who didn't even really have anything to do with it supported him. They were both banned for like I think indefinitely from. Uh, being reporters for Blizzard uh, gaming, like for gaming stuff. So yeah, you know, Blizzard started, and it was all because of Blizzard. So, you know, it was a straw that broke the camel's back that broke the story. And, you know, it's not even just Blizzard that Tencent studio owns. Like Tencent, I think, only has like a 10% stake in Blizzard. But like, mm-hmm. you know, other companies too, like uh, I think Riot Games, like they have a majority uh, stake in there. A bunch of other companies too, like uh, Ubisoft. I think there's a large percentage of them owning that. I think uh, Nintendo's actually working with Tencent to get the Wii, and Wii U, or Wii Plus, where the heck the new one is, the Switch, like into China. Oh yeah, yeah. This company, and that's why they are so like crazy about, you know, supporting the Hong Kongs. Yeah, I think you are right. And I think what's going to happen, unfortunately, is it's only going to get worse from here. There's going to be a breaking point, but it's only going to get worse with the Ch- with China's influence on us. And also what's only going to get worse is the resistance to the Chinese government within China. When I was talking to my Chinese friend about this, I said to him, well, I think these Hong Kong protests are just the start of something bigger. 
He personally thinks that China's going to go full fascist. He thinks it's going to go like Nazi Germany fascist, which is possible. Like fascist or communist, you know. It's you know, look at Stalin, just authoritarian. Yeah. Fascist. Well, but but that's the word he used. He said that's what they're going to go towards. Now I don't know. It's possible. But what he does think is definitely absolutely going to happen is there's going to be another peasant uprising in China because there's a lot of poor people in the rural areas, in the you know farmlands, way out in you know away from the cities that are super dirt poor and they are struggling and they're angry and they're mad. And the Hong Kong protests are showing that you can have a lot of people that are very angry and they can't be stopped. You know, normally you'd be afraid it'd be like a Tiananmen Square where you'd be run over by a tank. And you're, it's done. That's showing that you can stand up against the Chinese government. And that is lifting the fear from people. It's making people fearless. It's making them less afraid. And that is what is slowly going to start happening. It's going to be, it's going to keep building and building and building this anger, kind of like in America where this anger against the political establishment was building for years and years and years until boom, in 2016, we got Trump and then sent them one big metaphorical middle finger uh, to the establishment or to the political ruling class that we hate and it sucks in china that's what's going to happen but how is it going to happen it's probably going to happen violently is my guess because there's you can't elect people president xi is president for life they are going to the people are just then going to whoever's in power that they don't like at the time they're going to physically remove him and put someone in they do like through whatever means it takes and it's only a matter of time. And the interesting thing that's going to be watched for, it's like, when is this going to happen? What's going to be the breaking point that a full-on civil war happens? Because it's going to happen. Because it's basically a breakup in their society of elitist nationalists who just care about themselves and poor people that are struggling to make it by and are angry. And those people are probably going to want more socialism, more communism, or maybe more capitalism. I don't know which, uh, to be honest with you. But they're going to want one of those things and the government's not going to want it, and they're going to kick, you know, they're going to remove them. Well, here's the thing, too. Like, if you look at Chinese history, like since the Communist Party's been in power, they, you know, they've never, they've not really had like president for life in there. Like, surprising as it may sound, like even uh, Mao Zedong, he was, uh, I think he's only in there for like ten or twenty years, but they mm -hmm. eventually left because people are getting upset. But like, you know, what, what a general Xi Jinping did, you know, that, that was unprecedented even in their country. So that's, yeah. that's really interesting. I think there's going to be a coup within yeah. the party. And they're going to remove him. And I think that's going to happen in the next couple of years. And I think another factor that you're not thinking about is the incel problem in China. <laughs> like, Never actually, forget about the incels. Like, like, no, like when they have, like, when you have a country that does one child policy and also heavily favors males because they, you know, so-called uh, passed on the family lineage, mm -hmm. you're going to have an incel problem. And that's exactly what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be really tough because all these guys, you know, they're never going to be able to have a, you know, woman in a traditional way. And that's going to make their family look bad if they end up like not really having a wife and it's going to end up becoming a problem and they're going to end up just being mad and they're going to rise up, you know, literally. And cells and, rise uh, up. Not because only... if you have a, you know, especially mm. for men, if you have a man who doesn't have, you know, they know they're not really going to be able to find a wife. They they tend to become like, you, you get radicalized, like not necessarily like an incel that we have, but a lot of these people in the, uh, you know, like look at the Middle East, like all these terrorists. Well, you probably consider all these guys incels because they think they never get a woman. 
So they're going to go and like, you know, try to destroy things. And I think that's a problem that, you know, China's going to have. Well, actually, um, I was going over them in my anthropology class. Um, they said like in a society or just in any community where there's like a more guys and then less girls, then obviously the women are going to be much more choosier. And yeah, much more choosier, <laughs> more pickier. choosier, much more pickier. Just choosy. pickier. Yeah, they're gonna be like pickier, <laughs> and yeah, you're gonna have um, you're and not only that, both China's looking at this like one documentary, and the women there are just not interested in having a family. Mm. Yeah, and they're not interested in like getting married, so they're very much, very much career women. So it's not bad being a career woman, but the thing is like you know, for guys that wanna uh, find a wife, have like a traditional um home, there the chances of that happening is really small. Yeah, and well, my. It's incredibly traditional too. Yeah. Like if you actually talk to them, you know, for being a communist country, you know, it's nothing like the communists that we have over here. They like they're really traditional, you know, they're like atheists. So it's it's really interesting how that's gonna play out. Mm. And it's also interesting how my Chinese friend was describing how America's a way more individualistic society than China. I mean, obviously a lot of things that we have are individualistic, like our capitalistic system, uh our way of life, our religions are very individualistic in some ways compared to China, which is more about collectivism. And what he's trying to explain to me is that their society on that foundational level is very different. That's why the kind of like capitalism and stuff like that, it's hard for them to accept at first. And I think the more time that passes, the more President Xi, um, you know, is in power i think he's going to try and get more and more control over the country and it does seem obvious but you see stuff like the social credit system all these other things the censorship that are and the clap down the protesters too it's going to culminate though to a point where i'm afraid maybe not the hong kong protest but a protest somewhere they're going to like kill the protesters by you know, I don't know if it'll be an accident or intentional, but the amount of control is just going to keep tightening and tightening and tightening and tightening. And people are just going to get angrier, angrier, and angrier. And you're going to see like what Alex is describing as a coup. Will it be from his military? Maybe, but I don't know. Because China's a very different country. It's very unique. And I don't know how much the military really likes the president. I really don't. Well, that's true too. Like there is this uh, one guy on YouTube called like a CGP Gray, and he basically. Oh yeah, I've seen his show many times. It was like the how to go and like stay in power, and you basically have to go and make sure you you appease the military. And I don't know how much they've been to peace recently, but yeah. I think his bigger problem would be within his own party because what he's doing is just like unprecedented even for China. Well, and keep in uh, mind too that the government is like, let's say a couple hundred, few thousand people. It's just to throw numbers out there. There are a billion other people in this country. Well, yeah, but they're not. The numbers are against they, them. They do not like. Yeah, the thing is, those people they're poor, they're peasants. They don't have any Second Amendment. Yeah. They don't have they can really rise up too well. Other so than, they need like, the military. Yeah. So the military, maybe that could be like maybe they end up instituting a draft or something, and then that could cause a military uprising. Or what if? And this is very possible. What if? other countries like America, other countries that don't like what President Xi's doing that are against China, start smuggling in weapons quietly, like through CIA operations, to give to rebel groups. 
No, they're not going to be able to do that. I don't think that would work as well. We've like, done it before. I'm not saying it's effective, but I could see that happening. Well, yeah, it never really works out that well when you start doing that. And and it's not even just, like, your small arms. Like, you know, they have tanks and stuff. But the thing is, a lot of their military equipment's, like, made from back when China was, like, you know, under Mao Zedong and people were, like, razor thin. But they couldn't get enough food. Like, I actually saw a, yeah, there's a YouTube channel called China Uncensored. And they'll talk about this. Like, they have tanks that no one can fit in because they're too fat. Really? You know, like, yeah, because, like, you know, they're, they're doing pretty well right now. But the thing is, one, like, you, when you start having problems when, you know, your kids won't have as good a life as you. And I think that's why we're having problems in America. And I think China especially. Because the generation now, they have it, you know, they have it pretty well. But, like, you know, it's starting to get to the point where, They've really, you know, they already had it pretty, so then they're going to get pretty upset. Yeah. <sighs> that's generally when you have problems, because no one wants, like, the parents get upset when their kids, you know, they'll be brought to a world that's not as good as what they had. You know, that's why we have so much problems with boomers over because they had, you know, they're given, you know, the earth on a, you know, the, the United States on a silver platter back when we were the number one country. Now it's like, you know, we, we don't really have that because of this internationalism that's been going on and just the fact that, you know, after World War II, we were just doing so great because everywhere else was kind of blown up. Mm -hmm. Every other country was doing terrible except the United States because we were the ones who didn't really get invaded. Yeah, and I think also with China, they... Hmm, I'm trying to word this correctly. I think... If they were to have a peasant uprising, do you think it would be successful? Right now, I don't like it. They need the, it's not just going to have a peasant uprising. They need to go and have some sort, like either like other party members who want to oust she, or they're going to need the military. They, if they don't have one of those, they're not going to, mm. but if they do, then they can very well be successful. But if it's another, uh, you know, kindness, like another, you know, internal thing, like from the government stuff through the military, then I think it'll be more, uh, it'll be probably more similar to what we have right now. If it's with the military, we could end up with like another warlord sort of uh, thing going on, which would be detrimental for the Chinese people, but they'd be most likely to remove communism as it, as it is. What is President Xi's like real end game here? What's his intention? Why is he where he is and what does he want that's what's still i think it might just be about power maybe about making china the best but i i don't know i really don't well i think he sees like you know the writing on the wall like china's not as powerful as it used to be like there used to be factories everywhere now they're starting to go and like move into india and like you know, certain parts of africa and they realize that hey you know we need to go and change some of this stuff up they're starting to go into a crackdown too because you know there was just blatant corruption for the longest time mm -hmm. in china like people could easily get through their uh you know great firewall and get through it and they could post whatever they want they've started cracking down on that i, I think he i think he probably views mao Zedong in a he probably wants to emulate him in certain ways and yeah. i feel like that's what he's been doing a lot yeah. more crackdowns but seeing how he reacted in Hong Kong, where he didn't just run over people with tanks, because he probably realizes he can't do that now because of how many other countries will just back out of China altogether if they did that. He's put in a bit of a pickle, you know, where he needs to go maintain the power of the government while also dealing uh, with this international stuff. And I think 
what might end up happening is he might just end up like going more back into the way things used to be and being more self-reliant and not being a, the big international powerhouse that they used to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to follow this. We'll keep everybody up to date on it because it's, this is just a week of stuff we've seen, but I think this is just a preview of what you're going to see much more in the future. You see that stuff going with Tulsi Gabbard and Hillary Clinton? I heard something about it, but I'm not going to lie. I don't... called her a Russian asset. <laughs> Everyone I don't like is a Russian asset. Yeah, and then, and then she said that, like, they were supposed to go and speak at this, like, women in politics forum, and then Hillary Clinton backed out because Tulsi and this other person was on there. Oh, wow. Yeah, like, it, it's so funny. Like, you know, if you are against the establishment, you know, Democrat, Republican, you're automatically a Russian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's just, it's just so upsetting. Like, I remember I saw this uh, one YouTube channel, and he was this dude from Russia, and he's not really fond of Putin or anything, but he he knows, like, this stuff, like, the Internet Research Agency, and, like, 99% of stuff that the Internet Research people, like the troll farms, deal with, it's, like, internal Russian stuff. They don't really mess around with the U.S. stuff that much. Like, I mean, sure, they probably will, but it's mostly to make money. But, like, you know, I'm surprised we don't have any internal one like that that we really know of. Like, no one's talking about it. Like, that would be a good idea to go and make some money, create your own, like, troll farm with, like, a domestic troll farm. <laughs> Get a bunch of, like, high school students and, like, you know, college. Oh, we know somebody knows some high school students. <laughs> <laughs> I hear he no, can make, he can slide into their DMs for us. <laughs> but no, like seriously, like just like people who didn't go to college, like as an entry level job, like we'll pay you like eight dollars an hour to get, or like we'll pay you per like comment or something. Like why don't we have that over here? Finding like the middle of like uh, you know middle of nowhere, like place with a decent internet connection, like at a McDonald's or something. Just have them like troll people and do like pro Trump stuff. Like see, so yeah, I. I'd love to make a company like that. Just like, you know, make political troll farms. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure that's the Democrats probably have that somewhere, but it's not like as open as the uh, internet research. Isn't agents. 4chan our troll farm? Well, no, but they're not paid. Oh. Like an actual like organization paying people to go and troll. <laughs> to go and like shell for a candidate or something. Or yeah. Like, downplay someone else. Well, what Tulsi Gabbard did say for anybody that didn't uh, see her tweets. I'm not gonna. I didn't I did not look at it till right now. I heard a part of it, but Tulsi Gabbard does not interest me at all. I'm not gonna lie. She does nothing for me because I know she has no chance in winning or in anything in the Democratic Party. If she became a Republican, I would start being interested because she actually would be on. You know, she would have a uh, medium which she could win through. But she's mostly a progressive, far lefty in a lot of ways. But there are a few things that deviate. I don't know, because I know, like, you know, you're talking about Sargon. She liked her or something. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Democrats in general. Well, a lot of people on the right like her because she's the best of the Democrats compared to all the others running and looks the best to conservatives. That's the key. She's, like, the least crazy, but she still has some crazy stuff. Like, she believes in UBI. She believes in Medicare for all. Two things I'm totally against, and conservatives should be against. But let's be honest. The guys like her because she's hot, and she is well, anti-war. She's, well, she's a veteran, you know. She's a veteran over there, so she actually something. She's not nearly as radical as anyone else. Like she's the only one I 
stand a chance against Trump if it went right now. But there's no nope. way she's going to win. Democrats anyway. hate her. Democrats hate her. You look at all the polls. You look at what people say. They hate her. Because because she's a moderate. They don't want moderates for uh, primaries. They want to find the most radical person, like a Pete Booty Gag or a like Beto. Or can, you know, the funny thing is, like Pete Booty Gag is apparently a more moderate one now. Like, how is that? <laughs> like, I was in Cheats the other day, and he was like talking about like make it so that you know it won't be illegal to give someone AIDS without telling them. <laughs> that like stuff like that, and it's just like, how is this moderate? <laughs> You know, there's like, oh, we want to fight stigma. Like, no, you know, there's a reason there's a stigma for AIDS. You yeah. know, you don't want to mess around with that. It's, you know, you even if you don't like that, they're ways to get treated, but it's still going to cost you and the taxpayers so much money to deal with something that you would not have to deal with normally. It's the most, one of the most vile viruses you could get. Like, mm. I feel really bad for anyone that gets AIDS. You know, because that's, you know, it used to be a death sentence, but now, you know, you have to be constantly medicated. There's no treatment really that they have that 100% gets rid of it. It's, it's not good, but they want to go and treat it like, oh, it's, it's fine. You know, you have AIDS, you know, that's fine. Like we need to work on like getting rid of it. Stop people who have AIDS from giving it to other people who don't have AIDS. Like, you know, I think that should be the, uh, what we should be looking at. Yeah. And I want to, again, read Tulsi Gabbard's tweet here, so I'll read the full thing that got 277,000 likes and 76,000 retweets. She said, great. Thank you, at Hillary Clinton. You, the queen of warmongers, embodiment of corruption, and personification of the rot that has been sickening the Democratic Party for so long, have finally come out from behind the curtain. From the day I announced my candidacy, there has been a concerted campaign to destroy my reputation. We wondered who was behind it and why. Now we know it was always you. Through your proxies and powerful allies in the corporate media and war machine, afraid of the threat I pose. It's now clear that this primary is between you and me. Don't cowardly hide behind your proxies. Join the race directly. This is what she should have been tweeting the entire time. The problem with this tweet, the biggest problem is she tweeted this way too late in the game. The nominee is, you know, the, no the, 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 the people that ca could be the nominee are already popular enough. They've already got enough support. If she had done this right out of the gate, like right when she announced her candidacy, that would have made her a more likely nominee. Would she still have been nominated? No, but she would have had a better chance. That's my problem. It's always been with Tulsi Gabbard. She does not know how to be a, an effective politician. She doesn't know how to win. And I... <sighs> Like stuff like that, I do like that and agree with everything she said, but it does not excite me. I know a lot of people on the right are going to love that and get excited by it. I know no Democrats will be, maybe some will be, um, but it's not something that's. And also, she's talking about Hillary Clinton, who's not even in the race. She needs to be attacking Joe Biden. She needs to be attacking Elizabeth Warren. Instead, I don't she think attacks. Joe Biden has a chance right now. There's no, no point in it because he's got so much, like just dirt like not only has his son been implicated in all this nonsense but you know the whole like sexual harassment stuff yeah i know but here's the thing he's still the one that's pulling the high she need to take him down quickly and then you need to take down the next one this is what trump did whenever there was a threat he attacked them 
punched back 10 times harder and took him down. He took down Jeb. He took down Marco. He took down all these guys quickly. And the problem with Tulsi is she's looking at the wrong target. She's doing one good thing, which is differentiating herself from the old Democratic Party. But she's not attacking the people she needs to be attacking, which is the front runners. You know, she needs to be attacking Pocahontas. She needs to be attacking Biden and take them down. Then... She can attack Trump. But she, I noticed on her Twitter, she'd be saying stupid stuff about Trump. And I'm like, you're, this is not, you're not doing this right. And I don't, I, like I said, I, this is the one interesting tweet she's ever had. Everything else, not interest me at all. I, I'm not trying to say that to be just overtly harsh, but that is how I view Tulsi Gabbard. She does nothing for me. She's just hot. That's it. <laughs> and has been, and is a veteran and has served. That's literally it. Yeah, I mean, she's a, she's probably the one that would have worried me the most, but there's no chance of her winning the nomination right now. And I think what she has the potential to do is divide the Democrats. That's possible, but I think the socialists do a better job at that. The AOCs, they are what are dividing the party more than anything because you still have the old boomers, they're the moderates, still sort of pushing back against this uprising young socialist re revolution, their party. Once the old people are gone... It's going to go farther left. It's going to go full socialist, and it's going to be an all-out battle every election for quite a bit between socialism and nationalism. And when I say nationalism, I don't mean white nationalism for anybody that assumes that. I'm just saying typical America first Trumpism. Doll. That's what's going to be from now on. You're going to see guys like Matt Gates become more popular, and AOC is absolutely going to run for president. I think Matt Gates will absolutely run for president too. He is a rising star that nobody's talking enough about Matt Gates. That guy gets it he's smart tough good looking enough got charisma and his um his uh i don't want to say social media game but his his uh speaking abilities his appearances on shows are great he's got good game keep an eye on him uh can can i see run for president eventually I, I didn't know if she like i don't know she's um, not of age yet but she what yeah she's born here of course she was born in new york so she's already that's really the biggest qualification you need to be president and she just has hit the right age which i think is 36 right something like that 35 or 30 i thought it was 30 i thought it was like a nice like round number like 35 yeah so when 2024 comes around that's going to be the interesting election 2020s landslide trump but 2024 is going to be interesting and then 2028 those two elections are going to be fascinating to watch. I hope I have a job by then. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I have a job by then. Um, John, you'll, you'll have a job, you know, but I was telling you, go to grad school, man. You know, I don't want to become poor. Well, you don't have any student debt right now. Like you'd be grad school will do that for me. Uh, yeah, but you'll be having a grad school degree. Like there's a difference. Like, yeah, you'll have student debt. You also have a grad school degree. Like, dude, but what I do I need to get at grad school? What am I going to do? Am I going to research research for what advertising? Yeah. I mean, there is yeah, research yeah, that, yeah, but that's job anywhere is like a manager. Yeah, but like, I, I don't think it's that easy. Research. Well, research. I mean, like you'll get like, you'll, there's a lot of jobs for like MBA stuff. Dude, it's, it's pretty popular. And, you know, you'll have that, and you can do that. You know, I can't get an MBA because I got to take accounting courses, and I couldn't pass that class. I had to drop it. It's the well, only yeah, class I ever dropped. It's probably a bad professor. Mm, it's a combination I, of bad professor and impossible material. 
Well, you already took it. Like, you almost took the whole class once now, so you should probably know it, you know, decent enough where, like, if you do it the class again. Oh, you, I um, said that to somebody else that had to retake classes, and it turns out it's not that easy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, I think if you try hard enough, you could absolutely do something good with that. Like, I think having a, having a oh, master's what? degree in something, that'll, that'll help you. And especially since you don't have any student debt right now, like, so much easier now before you have a family, before you have a house. To go and take a grad, you know, graduate school degree. Like this is the best time in your life. You're never going to be able to have this sort of ease of doing it now as you would in the future. What are you laughing about over here, T? Like you work hard and then you can accomplish as much as you can. Yeah, not in college, not here. Sometimes you gotta cry. <laughs> Hope you don't have to pay for it. Jeez, that's that's so easy. I wish I wish my parents didn't make me take student loans because I'd be so like I have so much money right now I could buy a port. Mm. I would probably be able to actually afford monthly payments on that. You know, I'd live at some cheapo apartment, drive, you know, a car than a house. You know, that's how you do it. No, but no, but seriously, like, you don't have student debt. May as well just go to grad school, get a little bit. That'd be the same amount of debt that I have right now. So much better off. If you take a grad, if you get a graduate degree in something useful. Yeah. Um, I just. I'm not gonna lie, I'm kinda at a point where as much as I love some parts of college, like the radio, turning point, stuff like that, I don't wanna do any more school. I you really should. don't. You Why? say that now, but the real world isn't like, you know, there's- I know it's not great. I know. It's not the same. Like right now, it's like it's almost like high school 2.0. Yeah, you don't have to worry about paying taxes. You don't have to worry about paying uh, your cable bill uh, or your house. There's a lot of stuff you don't have to worry about, but at the same time, I just studying for stuff, doing projects, writing papers. It's, it's. I'm, I'm done with it. I'm just done with studying, it. Dude, studying's not that bad. You have to do studying probably even once you get an actual job. I don't want to study anymore. We probably have to do it no matter what. So you, you always want to be getting like certifications yourself. It's like it's not just you know you do college and that's the last time that you do like. You know, studying or things. I don't like think that. I'm about to get certifications in advertising. Uh, you might. They might have like an advertiser certification. And who knows if you actually do advertising too? Like a lot of people, they'll go to college for one thing and they'll do something completely different. Mm. So that's another thing. Like my brother, he got some like BS like degree in like video game making. <laughs> and, um, Wait, that's yeah. a degree? Bachelor yeah, of Science could, could and be video like video game, game design or something like that, and that's what he did. And uh, he ended up like working. He does like SQL databases. Uh, like he's, uh, mm. I don't know. He does some like command line stuff. I mean, I do what I what my major was, but I took an actual useful major. Well, so a lot of people don't go into what their major is, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah, that is a bad thing. Why are you yeah. going to take college classes if you don't want to like do what your college classes? Were? Well, because I don't necessarily want to, let's say, you advertise. Network though. Well, yeah, but you, but here's the thing. Made. Let's say I'm doing advertising, okay? But I don't want for the next, you know, the rest of my life just working in an ad agency. I want to do other things with those skills. Majors should be about skills, not. You know, like you, you need to collect skills that can be applied to different types of jobs. Like it doesn't, you don't have to go down this one path. Yeah, but you generally probably want to do something that you study your classes for because you're probably pretty decent at it by the time 
down ideally maybe you are maybe you're not like not everybody's like made to be good at these specific majors you know you might be just a little different from this major. like i'm an ad major but sometimes i'm better at organizing or event planning or oh, yeah, uh graphics would probably be a smart thing to do because you could like if, in, if you have an mba you could do like anything you know well, and then make good money you have like any sort of management position management makes it like six figure dollars yeah, but nobody's gonna hire me right out of college as a manager. Yes, well, I know people like but I don't have any experience. Well, yeah, I know people who are like they had a cybersecurity master's degree, hired right out of college at like a a good salary, and they were hired as managers. No, not as managers, but they didn't get an MBA. They had like a cybersecurity related master's degree. Have you known anybody that's been hired right out of the gate as a manager? Um. I hope not, because that'd be terrible. I would never hire somebody right out of college as my manager. Well, I mean, it would still give you an edge up, and you could do different things. Like, even MBA, they could get through you, like, as a uh, assistant or something, like a management assistant, or, like, I don't know, like, I'll have to go and do some research into this. Um, but, like, it's good. Like, it will help you, and it'll help you, like, move on. Like, once, you're, once you get somewhere, like, you'll be like, hey, he's already got his ma- he already has an MBA. Let's go and make my manager. So it'll give you that like versus where you know if you didn't have that it would it would hurt. Mm. I mean, I would I would do it. I would go maybe not an MBA even, but like some some master's degree in something that'd be useful to what you want to do. But the most important thing you have to go and find out like with this whole college meme is like find out what you actually want to do. College meme. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I want to do though. I really don't. And that's why I said an MBA is probably a good choice because you can do so much different things with it. Maybe, but I just don't think I could do it. I really don't. Uh, don't don't downplay yourself, man. You can you can do anything. You put your mind to it. You know, college is pretty easy. Okay, can I be can I be good at you know? Uh, can I become an astronaut? Uh, probably not. But you know, that's not that's a science. Like MBA is not really even science; it's business. Yeah, but, but I'm not, not like good at business classes. I've learned I'm really not that good at it. Well, yeah, but that, there's more than just like you know accounting and well i took econ 102 and i didn't do too hot in that like i got a b i think in the class or something like that but those exams were hard yeah you want to go put yourself you want to go and challenge yourself okay but i should challenge myself in areas that i'm uh like i've seen i've seen you manage people before like you have that (laughs) i fired somebody before (laughs) like you've done that stuff before like you have potential you just need to go and like you know you don't go and freshen up you need to sharpen your your you know quote-unquote metaphorical knife <laughs> on how to like on the stuff that you're not good at and then the other stuff you know just learn more and get a, a larger depth of that that's what we need to go and do and that's what college you know it kind of showcases yeah i guess any last things we want to talk about or say because we have a few seconds left here man that's that's the most important thing that college you know you should know by the end what you want you don't want to be clueless and graduating if you can't that's why i'm saying if you can't find a job within like a a job that's like a college degree requires job like three months to like six months after you're done graduating go to grad school Mm -hmm. you want to do that Uh... you gotta you gotta do something man if you can't find a job go and be educated to go find a better job then you'll so also you don't do some BS major on it. Like medieval studies? Some, yeah, like something like that or like poli sci or like a philosophy degree. <laughs> don't do philosophy. <laughs> Unless you want to be a, a professor, that's the only thing you can do. Be a philosophy professor. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, there's some people, like, some people can actually make it happen. Like, I've known people who can do it, but it just... It's not, rare. It's few and far between. I mean, it's just not easy. Like, why would you make your life harder? Find a degree that you can, that you'd like to go and do. Find something STEM major, preferably, but, you know, you're already kind of mm -hmm. down that path. But, you know, that's what you could do, too, is you could go and, like, maybe you'd even double major. You're already taking some of those IST classes. Like, yeah. how they Oh, God. Web design is the only class that's kind of useful. This telecom class, we just talked about how IP addresses and MAC addresses work, and it's totally confusing, makes no sense, and is useless. Dude, I deal with that stuff every day. Really? Yeah, I, I deal with IP addresses every single day. Like, it helps you to, it'll show you the background stuff that most, like, normies don't know. Mm, that's what I've gotten a like sense of. Internet actually works. Because it's not just magic. You plug in computer, and then boom, you know, you have oh, your yeah. IP over here and that's you translate it into a domain and that's how things work nowadays you know, there's a time when they, they didn't have things like that you'd have to like know the IP addresses probably but there's a lot of cool things you can do with that and you know I don't know that's what I'm saying if you can't make this work do something tech related because I'm sure you'll find something there yeah they make good money yeah but one app called Lion, they'll tell you like all this stuff, like the average salaries of these people. Like, start out at Google, they make like 200 grand a year. It's like right from college. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more real news.